When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Happy New Year, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the rugby dungeon. I wish I'd thought about this beforehand, but this must be our 12th, 12th year. calendar year in which we've podcasted. Yeah. That sounds about right. Each year happier than the last. <laughs> uh, anyway... Here we are again, and we are the only rugby podcast that's there for you 52 weeks of the year. Uh, one day later than usual because of the bank holiday that is New Year's Day. That is when we're recording this now on January the 1st, 2024, with lots <coughs> to talk about in the rugby dungeon where once again, just as Christmas Eve, uh, I've joined JB and Phil, um, who are both wearing Lycra. Mm. Been for a run. Been for another run. We have, yeah. We've, um, we don't want to make this a habit, do we? But, you know, we're uh, looking for exercise over Twixmas, so that's exactly what we did. Twixmas, is that, is that what you call it? I've I heard, think that's what you call it, isn't it? I've heard people call it Crimbo Limbo, which I, I, makes me want to wash my eyes out with bleach. <laughs> yeah, Twixmas isn't much better, is it? No. No, no neither are satisfactory. <laughs> um, right, how are you doing anyway? Good good, good Christmas and all that? Yeah, uh, good, good Christmas. Some great premiership. I mean, credit where it's due, the Premiership has been great over Christmas. Mm. So, yeah, that, that's been my main present. The, the um, <laughs> top 14, uh, not top 14, URC was pretty ace as well. That, uh, Well, actually, no, there were some great games, and then I watched uh, Munster v Leinster. Which I heard was a cracker. Did you see how small? JB scoreline, 9-3. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It was quite entertaining in its own way. There is, there is actually a... Um, URC game going on as we speak and it's my beloved Ulster who've travelled to Dublin to play Leinster and are currently 12-0 up wow come on are Leinster playing a full on team no it is not what a shame it's not a full Leinster team well Uh, I think we'll be talking a lot about team selection and weakened teams during this podcast that's what I suspect we, we will definitely be mentioning it definitely I would imagine we will probably talk about the impending England training squad ahead of the Six Nations, which Steve Borthwick is due to announce 1st of January, so today's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I think he announces that, mm. which is uh, interesting as well. And like you say, lots of great rugby to talk about. As ever, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so dead easily on email, contacttechchasers at gmail.com. And there's been a bunch of... In fact, oh my goodness, how many emails have we had? Exactly, exactly. Wow. Loads, loads. I'm just looking at the, the subject titles for them. One... Like Cy Carroll, three nine classic for the ages. A man after your own heart, JB. <laughs> it's what other people want. <laughs> yeah, um, 
pl- plastic um, pre-trash in your ho- in your homes? Plenty of it. Oh, I'll tell you what. So I've got a free house for a week, and I've gone around with two bin liners. It's taken me all day. And in one bin liner goes rubbish, which we have a lot of, just strewn around the house, of course. And the other one is kids' stuff, goes near the bin, bin liner. And the second bin liner goes into their playroom, and I just dump it out. And I close the door. And no, <laughs> Never worry about it. That. I will not see that for another week. <laughs> we, we got, I, I tell everyone, just buy a, a book or nothing, because these kids don't need, oh, Lego is the other option. We got loads nothing of... Nothing like standing on cold Lego on a winter's Oh, morning. yeah. We got loads of... Uh, cheap plastic tat some of which we don't know who sent it we've got two um play-doh kits Great. which is which is both lots of cheap plastic tat yeah. and stuff that gets in the carpet and oh, gets, that gets spread right everywhere um and Slime. i don't know i don't Slime even know we, we i don't have. even know who sent it so i don't know who to uh, <laughs> tell off for, for sending us cheap plastic crap yeah so maybe that's by design. It'll be someone that's getting their own back on you. I reckon with that one. If I if I find out, someone I'm really going to hates you. Uh, yeah, if I find out, I'm going to anonymously. Or something. <laughs> I'll anonymously send their children yeah. a drum kit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, and New Year's all good. Did you do anything? I went to bed at ten o'clock last night. What? I wish I'd gone to bed at ten o'clock. I feel so smoke for doing so. <laughs> oh, you mean you missed the fireworks? presented by the mayor of London. Oh, my word. I saw that this morning. I thought, I'm so glad I'm off Twitter. I'm so glad. Uh, yeah. Although I haven't been off Twitter entirely. I've been sneaking back on, slowly sneaking back on, oh, okay. bit by bit. And it's convinced me I shouldn't go back on. Because do you know what I've noticed this week? The New Year's honours list. Has anyone paid any attention to this? The, the, well, the, uh, to keep it podcast specific, there are some... Rugby-related additions to the King's New Year's Honours list. Yeah. So, Stuart Hogg got an honour for services to rugby, which, from what I can see, is entirely deserved. Entirely deserved. Over 100 caps for his country. <laughs> a a three-time British and Irish Lions mm-hmm. tourist. Yeah, yeah. Captain, captain for his country. Captain for his country. Probably uh, led the best Glasgow Warriors team that there's been. Uh, European and Premiership champion. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, he is, isn't he? Came to Exeter to win things and, and, won, won, things. and won things. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't see the controversy over him becoming um, whatever he is, giving his, ser- as it is, services to rugby. But because rugby is rugby, and some of the people that follow it, they're not fans, but some people that follow it are utter scumbags. All they want to do is mention his private life. Now, it's very public. I don't want to go into what he's done in his private life, good or bad. But since when did fam- being a family man ma- matter to any of these people? Because do you know who was a good family man? Go on. Israel Falau. And absolutely <laughs> nobody cared about being a family Whoops. man then, did they? They just wanted to hunt him down for you know, the sake of it. There's so many people that just want to trash rugby players for no particular reason. And what I don't get is this infatuation. With anybody in the public eye must be a role model in every single aspect of their lives. And they're not. Stuart Hogg is a great rugby player and he should be remembered and um, known as and recognised well, as a great rugby player. I would say it, it entirely depends on how much of a virtue that individual makes of this is a great that point, specific part of their mm-hmm. life or personality. If you never see their family, they never talk about what a great dad role model is, it's completely irrelevant. If that was front yeah, and centre, so then, then you imagine that the, the, um, the, 
the sponsorship and endorsements that you get are predicated on that part of your life. 100%. Uh, so you see us with a lot... Well, Griff Nation are very good at this, of sort of <laughs> angling their athletes to do social causes so they can lecture you. BT Sport is the most lecturing organisation on the planet. I mean, you just have to look at the things that Ugo talks about or, you know, Martin Bayfield talking about bloody Native Americans. Things which have got nothing to do nothing to do, to do with rugby. So, you know, the, the Ugo one's really interesting because, of course, he got caught maybe potentially, and this will come out in the future, not exactly telling the truth about racism. So, you know, when you are a hypocrite, it comes back back, back to my... Stuart Hogg has never been a hypocrite. So, yeah, I think the, this is really important. And the other thing you've got to remember is every one of your heroes, every single person that has achieved great things is almost certainly deeply flawed in another plane because that's what it takes to be really good at something. You have to give up other things. I'm not saying... It's not justifying it. And it's not saying that you have to be a bad person, but almost every one of your heroes is completely flawed. <laughs> and, yeah, so don't test down statues, add plaques to it, <laughs> yeah. and celebrate Stuart Hogg for being a wonderful rugby player. Which he is. Which he absolutely is. I mean, he's given me, God knows how many joyful moments watching rugby. Mm. Congratulations, Stuart Hogg. Yeah. Well done. Mm. Uh, and uh, Bill Beaumont. Yep, as well as another one. <laughs> uh, Services to what exactly? Well, you know, look, I might laugh and I might disagree with him, but I don't think you can probably argue that he has put in a shift. Even if it's not been a successful shift, he's put in a shift. But it's, yeah, it's not entirely unsuccessful because there are successes within it. I think, I think generally the law variations at the elite game over, say, the last 10 years, they've been done well. There's some, there's some good, like, the changes to the scrum positive mm. the simple change of um forcing the nine to have to pick the ball up before it's out to stop the question right things like that may generally enhance the game uh, the, the things that you don't really yeah, think about 100 i'm not saying that that is entirely bill but it's un- under his watch that those things have been done there are also unsuccessful things during that period a um i don't know what c stands for in cbe but because i know order of british empire Commander C- of the British Empire. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Anyway, Kevin Simfield is one of those now. Oh, nice. So on my yeah, commander podcast, which I've not done for a long time, called Pilot Episodes. I think every one of those guys is either a KBE, no, a CBE or an OBE. Wow. Mm. Very cool. And yeah, the, Beaumont has become a Knight Grand no, Cross. KBE. What does the Grand Cross mean? I was going to say that because I know there is a it means you get to go to the meetings with the uh, there's, rest there's, of the Illuminati. Don't you know? There's a layer of knighthood or damehood where there's 20 at any one time that are on... Is this the garter or something? Some, yeah, I think it might be the garter. And there's like, tw- I think there's 20 spots. And you, you, you can only become one if you're nominated to be one or chosen by the, the monarch. If when, when someone dies, there can only ever be six, 16 or 20 at any I don't one time. Believe, I don't believe you get to that level of society and die. I think when you get to that <laughs> level, you're basically a lizard person. Aren't you? You're an immortal lizard person. <laughs> I think because so I, I think was, what, was Elton John the the most recent addition to that. Well, I think what they really mean, Tim, is that they leave the public stage, but they never really die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't I don't really know what it means. Uh, I'm trying to look up it here, but it it's very it's secret. very it's it's the most it's the highest order um, in the British Empire. So there you go. 
Yeah. Well, there you go. That's, that's that, a, I bet it that's... opens lots of doors to you. But I guess that's the only, that's the thing you get when all the doors have already been opened. Yeah, exactly. That's how, that's how that works. It's not bad from a from a lad from Fylde. Yeah. From yeah, it's impressive, isn't it? I mean, what has he done? He's spent his life administrating a contact sport and playing a contact he, sport. Yeah, so he, he was he, he was from fairly humble stock. Played rugby in in, in on the Fylde coast. Captained England in the eighties, a real era, and then he was captain question of sport. In charge of world rugby. It's, 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 yeah, it's well, incredible. Hopefully, Augustine Peashot will be next. Because do you know he's going to run again? Is he? He is. Yeah, but oh, Augustine Peashot, he's, he's someone who I, I look at him as being one of those potential hypocrites. Go on. Because he, he, he preaches one thing and then he flies around in a private his, his private jet off his dad's money. His dad is like a mega billionaire. Is that right? Yeah. Did not know I that. did not know that either. Yeah. Well, well, well. Yeah. Yeah, I, but I do think that having someone from South America would be really important mm. because I think the South American, Americas is where rugby's going to thrive next. Mm. It's, def- it's, it's definitely a frontier in rugby. I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. with Picho's dad, he's like billionaire, like one of the richest people on Do you think he's richer than... Okay, let's, let, let's play a game. Is he richer or poorer than Ben Earl's mum? <laughs> ben Earl's mum? Who's Ben Earl's mum? Ben Earl's mum has apparently made the Times Rich list. Really? really? Do you not know this? No, I no. don't know right. that. All right. Um, poorer or richer than... Oh, what's his name? George Worth's dad. What does George Worth's dad do? I think he is a part owner of 777 Betting. Oh, wow. <laughs> you, uh, and so also that... may well be, may well have been on the board of Stoke City. <laughs> <laughs> Any more? Do you want any more of these, or shall we just? Uh, I'm trying to try think. Who's other? I wonder how much money Nick Kennedy's mum earned from all her, <laughs> yeah. all her books. Oh, Luke Narraway's dad from Butchery. Butchery, yeah. yeah. Similar, similar amounts. <laughs> what is fascinating is that you look online and you cannot find anything about Augustine Peachot's mm. family. But well, this might be very similar to the search that um, certain rugby YouTubers did on. Courtney Laws' family, but it didn't really stop them from reporting it, did it? <laughs> well, I, I've just done this. No, I, I've done the same thing, but I think my facts are correct. Whereas that, that particular rugby YouTuber could what, not have been more why wrong. Why you uh, credit search him? Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> not, in any way, not in any way suspicious. <laughs> oh, long-time listeners of the podcast will understand what we're talking about. Uh, right. Um, oh, yeah, come on then. Let's just quickly like chalk off this because it will be the biggest talking point in, in, in amongst rugby, certainly in, the, in England, mm-hmm. in the next week. New faces that you want to see on in Steve Borthwick's Six Nations training squad. So, well, well, we spoke about the new members or new faces, young faces, that Stephen Jones thought might come into the squad. <laughs> young Harry Thacker. Young Harry Thacker, 29-year-old Harry Thacker. Chris Foy actually wrote a really good article start of this week with actual real young players in it, which is you know, remarkable to see, actually. So, I don't know. The answer is... Hmm. It doesn't have to be young, necessarily, but just... Just new. New faces. I don't... Who's playing well? That's a, Well, I, OK, let's... Why don't we talk about losers as well as winners? Because I think there are some absolute nailed-on losers after this week. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Will Stewart? I think Will Stewart, Bath Titan prop. Yep, him. Um, I, I, I think he's going to struggle for a position, which is a real shame because England need him to become good 
very quickly. He had a horrible game this weekend. So that'd be one. Boys are playing well. Mm. I would have said Max Germo before this weekend. In a nice half breaking offload um, <coughs> that for the try. Last, he's not got he's, that finish. Um, unfortunately, he's been playing well, but he's just—I don't know. There was something not quite right about that performance. We, uh, we did get a, me- uh, a little email on this, sort of touching on what you were talking about with the. Oh no, it was a different different game. Don't worry, ignore what I was okay. saying. Okay. Uh, who would we like? So I'm thinking of young players. Let's just think about older players who might be different. So I think Tommy Freeman will get back in the fold. Yeah, that's it. That, he's just a class player. George Furbank probably deserves yeah. it. He probably deserves it. Yes. Yeah, so Phil is modelling his facial hair on <coughs> George Furbank. I am. I, I, he looks amazing who with his, uh, his uh, tash. Who re-signed a contract? Do you, know, do you notice how Phil tacitly called himself, said he looked amazing? Which, <laughs> which you do, and I can no, see that. No, George Furbank looks amazing. I do, not, Furbank. I do not Great. look amazing. <laughs> sure, sure, mate. Um, yeah, so George, let's just talk about George Furbank. He gets back in the squad. Do you think he's a realistic alternative to Freddie Stewart? Or is he an and Freddie Stewart? I, I, right, so what I will just put out there is I don't think we have necessarily seen the last of Marcus Smith in a 15 shirt for England. I don't mm. think Steve Borthwick was going to invest that much time and effort in it and just to cast it aside because you know how much he loves George Ford. Not even considering mm. that it was a World Cup and it's yeah, a limited, squad, limited squad. Yeah, no, I do and think that, yeah, you're probably right there. And, um, but, I think what what that experiment did demonstrate is the open-mindedness that there is a different way to approach the full-back position for England. And actually, I think one of the things we discussed during during and around the World Cup was that the the role of full-back, England are kind of behind the times a little bit. Mm. Because the way that full-backs are, that second distributor, Mm -hmm. playmaker role, Tom Ramos for France and... Bowden Barrett, Willie LaRue, Damien Valenza. Hugo Keenan plays that role. Ireland do things a bit differently. Matt Canson, as we've already talked Mm. about before, sometimes steps in Mm. there. There's a bit more fluid there. But King Horn can do it as well. King Horn does it for for Scotland. Okay, so if you look at Stewart, he matches none of those descriptions. No, none. No. So the closest thing to him... Second Israel Folau mentioned of the day, but that would be Israel Folau, I'd say. Yeah, he's quite Israel Folau-y. Mike Pike going back to the, the, the mid two thousands Canadian fullback. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great. I show. love that reference. Um, Furbank, on the other hand, okay. I mean, he's not Thomas Ramos, but shades of that. Certainly, shades of Dame, Damien uh, Wilhelmser, because he is a fullback that can play fly half. Bit, bit Alex Good. That's good, yeah. So he does sort of fit the more modern mould a bit easier. Yeah, and he, he, he's the kind of player, I know we're uh, almost four years out from a World Cup, but he's the kind of player who's very useful in a World Cup squad because of his versatility. Like He can... Um, was it the 2013 Lions Tour when Stuart Hogg was the third fly half, was considered an additional fly half, and Fourbank is more of a fly half than Hogg ever was. Mm. That's a good point. Uh, th- that said, he has had a go and uh, it may that whole test match animal thing may be a reality, but he has been playing well for his club. I, again, this yeah. is one of those things, I don't know how much weight do you put on the club performances because if you were putting weight on the club performances, we talked about him last week, Joe Thock and a singer have to be back in. Definitely. Mm. He has to be given, uh, and he has got the rarest of all things, which is the elite size. And yeah, that counts for a lot. So I mean, yeah, Joe Cognacing would be one. Um, it, it, it it is a good question though. Like the, 
how much do you put on the club performances, especially when the Premiership is weaker? Whether it's that much weaker, but it's definitely it is weaker. Um, and there's also the rested teams which we've seen this week. So how many of those? Perf- mm. How many of those? And I don't know the answer to this. How many of those Thokkana Singer tries have from this year have been scored against weakened teams? Mm. When yeah. Bath are playing full strength and they're playing against a whoever second string, I'd love to see Murley involved. I'd love to see yeah. him involved. I think Although he's his, his he's he's just been injured, hasn't he? Been injured, missed the first half, enough. came back, played a couple of games, got injured again. Uh, up front, it's a little bit more tricky. Yeah, I've said it before. I'd love to see Curtis Langdon have a go at hooker. That'd be my choice. Uh, there's another hooker that impressed me this week who escapes me. I'll come back to that. I think the second rows are pretty much set for a generation, are they not? Uh, Chester and Martin between them. Yeah. That's the second fiddle to Itoji. Yeah, I mean... Maybe who, one of them on the blind side flank. Exactly. Yeah. That seems pretty set. Unless there's somebody else, which I've... I mean, I thought Hugh Tizard would have kicked on and become an England international regular, but he, he hasn't. Um, there's not really anyone else I can think of who's going to touch touch those two boys. I'd say a second row who's been playing really well this year, but he's not eligible, is um, Dino Lamb. Yes, I think I think he's been really good this year. Was he not? Was he not the player that? Remember, Quinns had a strength and conditioning coach who was a strong man, uh, Adam Bishop. That's I want to say. Yeah. I'm sure Adam Bishop was asked which of the Quinns lads is most likely to be able to be a successful strong man, and the answer was Dino Lamb. Hmm. I'm sure that was the case. It wouldn't surprise me. He's, he's a big boy. He is. He's a big boy. Um, and he, he's good as well. He's he's athletic, deceptively athletic for it's someone. A, a bit like Pelledri in the sense that he blossomed. He see, he had lots of potential, but blossomed, really blossomed in his mid twenties. By mm. which time he'd already committed to Italy. Italy, yeah. What about Finn Smith? Would you like to see Finn Smith in? Personally, I'm not bothered because I think we've got two great fly halves. Mm. Get, yeah. I mean, if you want to put him in the squad. So, so he's around the place. I think he'll probably be in the wider training squad. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but I, I, and I also know he's on Scotland's radar, as is um, Tom Roebuck. Yeah, yeah. for sale. There's and a couple at sale. Gus yeah, War yeah. and Aaron Reed as well. Aaron Reed, I think, oh, yeah. might might be a Scotland. But so so th- there's a few other nations sniffing around. It's the same like uh, Faye Wabosi. It's probably going to choose Wales. You would imagine he's. Grew up in Welsh, he is Welsh. He I don't know Welsh. about that. I wonder if you go to Exeter on the understanding you have to be EQP. Got, so mind you, the Ex- Exeter have said they're not going to they're not going to stand in his way, and they didn't with Thomas Francis, Thomas Francis, Christians, are, uh, David Jenkins, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Dolman. It is, uh, a, it is a bit of a risk for um, Exeter though, if because they, they're, they're um, building their foundations on or building their house on some mm-hmm. Welsh foundations that could be whipped from under them. Yeah, well, if any minute, if anyone's learned anything, it should be that. <laughs> Taking young men from the Premiership where they're thriving and trying to put them in the absolute hellhole, which is Wales, doesn't work. Yeah. What about Reese Carey? Anyone seen him recently? <laughs> do, you, do you think uh, the WRU are going to learn that lesson? I don't know. I mean, they are a very dynamic <laughs> and uh, evolving organisation. <laughs> but it just, it's just not going to work. If, if but Rob Baxter has got them playing like they are, you have got to be an incredible idiot to think yeah. that you'd be better taking them and putting them in, in the Ospreys. Hundred percent, or the or the dragons, for God's sakes. Yeah, or preventing them from playing when they're playing their best rugby. It's extra preventing them from playing like Hawkins. Mm. Yeah, great point. Great point. It would be nuts to do that. So England need props. So I'm I'm trying to think who Steve Borthwick will select. Well, Joe Hayes. He's got a bit of 
experience with him. 150 games for Tigers now, so he might be a guy that they look at. I like him. Um, Trevor Davidson at Northampton seems to be doing all right. He's hold, yeah, he's, Northampton scrum has historically been woeful. And, and now it, it's and less it, woeful. Yeah, it is no longer woeful. Uh, the, no one, no one is more grateful for that than Matt Ferguson, who can now get on TV <laughs> and not be embarrassed every time he speaks. So. Aaron, P- Aaron Painter, who was part of the woeful Northampton scrum, is looking good. That's a good one. And he is a big boy. Um, just whilst I'm thinking about it, do you remember, or have you heard about Finn Smith's offer from Scotland, allegedly. No. So the offer from Scotland is, if you if you join Scotland, we will guarantee you a matchday spot. How unhealthy is that? If that is Surely true, that's not that's true. That's what I've heard. I just can't believe that. Well, I would how, be tr- how, else, how else do you get an English lad who is playing great for an English club, well, he's, he's leading the Premiership, as things stand, to go and travel to Scotland to play for Scotland? How do you do that? So you, you're going to get whatever the Scotland fee is. Five, you, you five can, K or something like that? Yeah. You, you've, 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 got a, you've got a high shot of getting this. You've got a low shot of getting 18K. Okay. I don't know if you've got a low shot. I think if he carries on playing like he is for Northampton, Northampton wins something, then he's got a very good chance. He's, he would currently be... Um, third choice? Fourth choice with if Faz was about. Yeah, but he's not, is he? So he's, he's third he's choice. He's currently third. Yeah, probably third choice. And um, a lot of people might look at Marcus Smith and think, well, we've tried that. It didn't exactly work. Let's try something else. Mm. So he could be second choice. I mean, who knows? But I don't know if Scotland saying, yeah, we'll definitely get you in the match squad is just, a good way to go. Yeah, I can't believe that is what they've actually said. It would like, surprise me. It would surprise me. Well, bearing in mind that England rocked up to Carrington <clears throat> and said, uh, what's his name, is a 50-cap hooker. Just give him 50, well, guarantee him 50 caps. <laughs> I mean, again, I would, I would um, be surprised. You and Ashman. I would be surprised if those were the exact words. The, those were the exact words. Those yeah, were the exact The words. exact, the precise yeah, words. Yeah. He is a, you are a you 50. You are a 50 cap hawker. All right. Well, give me 50, 50, cap, <laughs> uh, give me 50 caps worth of money up front. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You win because of inflation. So yeah, I would, I would be surprised if that was the exact words. <laughs> <laughs> you, are, you have 50 caps already. <laughs> yeah, I don't think those are the words. No, those, those, those definitely were not the words. So just just rattling, just rattling through a few names. I want to see Henry Slade back in the fold. Um, definitely. Uh, um, yeah, you're right. On the fr- the front row is the tricky one. Seth Atkinson. I know I talk about him every single week. Yeah, Atkinson. He's not. He's not been fit though, has he? Was he not playing this week? I think he might have played. Oh yeah, he was he, playing. He played this he played week. This week, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, yeah, right. Good, he's back. Good, good, good. Uh, and yeah. so one, one that has been talked up that we, if we're going to talk about some games, he had a, a tough, at least a tough couple of scrums, um, and it's probably too early for him. Is sales tight head and also can apparently play loose head a poker for draw? Mm. He had a really tough couple of scrums this week, um, which is. Probably slightly concerning for sale, but very positive for Northampton. Well, on this one, this does segue now with the email mm. I was going to read earlier and I got the wrong team. Uh, but Tom Chapman emailed contactedchasers at gmail.com. Uh, afternoon, lads. Great pod, blah. Uh, isn't it interesting how the sale scrum, which appeared, according to the referee, to demolish the Saracen scrum last week, has, again, according to the referee, <laughs> been repeatedly hinging and indulging in foul play this week against Saints? I didn't agree with many of the decisions last week, admittedly, as a one-eyed Saracens fan. However, it just showed what a lottery it can be at scrum time. So it's a fair point. Yeah, it's a fair point. 
Yes, it can definitely. And part of the games is that <coughs> your ability to manage the referee, which I think there is no finer example than the World Cup semi-final in versus South Africa, where the game theory employed by the South African scrum was absolutely superb. Yeah, so I've got two thoughts on this. I was going to bring up that exact point. So your point is, South Africa did not put the pressure on until they gave a good picture. Until they actually needed to. Yeah. So they didn't... The whole of the first half, it was only the last 20, 30 minutes that they that South Africa started turning the screw. They just... Everything else, they just showed a good picture. And then, because England were nine points ahead, they had to roll the dice, and that's when they turned it up. If South Africa had been nine points ahead, I'm certain we would have seen set scrums the whole game. Yeah. Because they never would have had to risk it. But when they, they had to yeah, risk they it... They didn't they... do that against France, did they? So that was a very close game. Well, they're all close games, actually. But they didn't do that against France. In fact, they actually called for a scrum off a mark. They... Oh, yeah, yeah. They, 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 that was because they had to put, apply pressure. Because yeah. because France didn't make hardly made any errors and weren't putting the ball out to touch for line-outs, malls and things, so yeah. And the, Well, the other way of looking at it is you go out early doors and you try and dominate. So in the referee's mind... You are the dominant scrum, and you tend to get a lot of penalties go your way if you are just dominant. Where it becomes a real lottery is when one team just carries on collapsing because it's very hard to work out who is hinging, mm. who's stepping back, who's mm-hmm. quote, quote unquote boring in. Uh, you just don't know. So if you come out and you are the dominant scrum off the bat, you get away with a lot more stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Did you see, sort of tying into that, did you see Warren Gatland between Christmas and New Year came out and said well, the things he, he would want to see changed in rugby and one of them was, I think he said, get rid of the mark, we don't need it now. Um, I think, mm. and a lot of people have interpreted it, he said, he's, he's, if I think about it, he, he he said, get rid of the mark, because it doesn't. we don't need it now, and he was talking about reducing the number of replacements. And there's quite a lot of people that took this as kind of, South Africa just won the World Cup, so taking away things which, which South Africa are quite good at. So, so trying to reduce the number of scrums, trying to... Uh, trying to reduce the impact of the bench mm. which, yes. which also would massively benefit Wales because they don't have the depth no. of other nations so I'm just trying to think this through from a purely entertainment point of view so if Gatlin's trying to make the entertainment pitch that we get rid of the more I don't have to think about why he's I, I don't know if he is making the entertainment pitch my my perspective would be he might say that he wants to make rugby more entertaining but what he wants to do is he oh, wants, he, he wants, abs- he wants, and I don't begrudge this he wants his team to, to compete yes. better I'm absolutely certain you're right yeah. but yeah. if I'm going to take him at his word why, what would be the reality and the reality is I think the World Cup was some of the greatest rugby that we've ever seen mm. don't disagree and it was all based on the physicality of the scrum now even a layman who's never watched rugby before in their lives can watch that and think, my word, that is incredible. Now, it's not incredible all the time. And the lower down the pyramid you go from World Cup to Premiership, to, you know, probably it does get worse. But it's essential. It's absolutely essential to the character of the game. That's what makes it unique. Otherwise, you know, what have you got? The, the scrum is the iconic part of the entire sport. So I disagree with him. But I strongly disagree with him. He's, he's not saying... So Gatlin's two were the mark and reduced subs. I, I think but, he said mark reduced subs. I think he he made reference about too many scrums taking too long. Uh, but um, uh, yeah. that that was all tied in with the replacement chat where he was basically saying you need to get more fatigue in the players. Yeah, which is which, which is what was when Gatlin did well with Wales. It was always they were so fit that they did really well in the last twenty minutes of games. Yeah, and high intensity. Yeah. So uh, the old, I mean, it's hard to say, isn't it? 
But if you think about the head injuries too, one of the reasons you get so many head injuries is because of multiple sustained subconcussive hits. Well, Ross Tucker, actually, when he was doing work for World Rugby, one of the things that popped into my mind was that he actually said, if you want to follow the data and you, and you, you want to put player welfare as your number most, the most important thing for what they tell us is, <laughs> he said the consequence of that is you should have more replacements because... I agree with him. But, well, so I've heard him talk about it saying you still need to do more work because you don't, you don't have conclusive... Um, data on what is the prevailing mechanism of yeah, injury correct is it um fatigue and therefore people getting more injured because they're fatigued or is it um you having explosive players coming off the bench who are fresh against um more fatigued players which has the greater impact because if you change it and you have fewer subs you could make it worse or you could make it better yeah, if you're doing it from a, a question to a, you that's fair to you both is would you A, like to be fatigued getting tackled by super athletes? Or would you B, like to be fresh getting tackled by super athletes? Who are it, de- fresh? It, it depends. Are those super athletes the equivalent to me? As in, are they fatigued to the same degree as me or not? Well, because if, if they're fatigued to the same degree as me, I would, I would want to be fatigued to the same degree as the I people I'm having to tackle. I don't know. Okay. Does how knackered you are matter... Uh, how much Oxenche hurts you when you get smashed by it. <laughs> well, allegedly it does. And the reason I say this is because, if I remember correctly, there was GPS evidence about rugby players. I think this is in sevens, actually. And they claim, when they first started with the GPS and, all, and monitoring, that they could predict injuries based on heart rate and fatigue and X amount of injuries happened. This might be old science. It might be absolute nonsense. Now. I don't know. So if you do know the answer to this, let me know. Um, and... As they fatigue through heart rate and whatnot, mm-hmm. that's when all the injuries started to happen. So I imagine if you're slightly fatigued and you're not going into Oxenstrade with quite the ferocity you need to, he might take advantage of, mm-hmm. of that. But if he's also fatigued and you're both going in a little bit less, maybe maybe you you are because you're both 10% off. But then at that point, isn't the most important of all the skill sets just body mass? Like, if I'm fatigued and Will Skelton's fatigued... He's got a ma- well, he's got a massive advantage anyway, but body mass tends to then be a much bigger issue. Uh, yes, if you want go forward, yes, go but, forward but then particular, yeah, but body mass becomes another problem because if you're 150 kg or whatever Will Skelton it currently is, and you have to after, carry it around for 80 minutes rather than 50 minutes, yeah, mm. he might he might be less effective. Yeah, the, yeah, There are no solutions, there are only trade-offs, it's a horrendously dangerous game. Uh, yeah, and on Absolutely, that, uh, yes. Co- uh, completely agree. Warren Gatlin's suggestion of getting rid of the mark, I think is a poor one, because the, the threat of someone catching it and being able to compose themselves and kick to exit without any, um, any, any anyone interfering is the is the reason why teams don't kick more further up the field I think if you took away the mark you'd actually get more kicking not less I think you would get more kicking I don't actually think that's a bad thing because we've seen kicking really in stitch teams yeah what you mean I think what Warren Gatlin doesn't like about it is the game kind of just stops at that point yeah so imagine the threat of deep kicking do you then drop an extra player maybe to deal with that deep kick because it's so na- it's now so dangerous. You might want someone. No, to- I think you would kick to compete. Well, you might. Yeah, yeah. You might have to have a box kick when you're on the twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, you'd see more. I'm all for it. I think you would it. see a little bit more of that. I think they they have already because obviously the fifty twenty-two is intended to um, the incentive to kick is higher. Therefore, you drop more players into the deep, which creates space elsewhere. It's incentivizing kicking with the intention of 
it should get less kicking overall. Yeah, the more dangerous the kick, the more space. I mean, let's take this to the, the nth degree. Imagine if there's some sort of law which is if you kick from the halfway and the ball bounces over the 22, not goes dead, bounces, scrum there. How many players would you drop? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, all of a sudden you've got loads of space. Yeah. So the more dangerous kicking is, the more space you get. It's one of those things which simpletons don't really understand, but it needs to happen. Or you could do it, or you could do it like... Uh... It's not dodgeball, that's the opposite of dodgeball, but there, there was a game that you used to play where if you catch the ball, where someone throws it at you, you catch them there. Yeah, out. yeah dodgeball is that, isn't well, it? That is, maybe that or is there is a, certainly a oh, variant. So if you, if, yeah, if you hit them, they're out, and if you catch if, it, it... Yeah, you're out. So you're maybe, out. maybe do that with rugby. If you kick the ball... If you kick the ball and someone catches it unopposed <laughs> and catches it cleanly, you have to leave the pitch. Five minutes, gone. <laughs> well, the, the mark... This is the second iteration of the mark, because the mark used to be... Universal, didn't it? Did it? You could mark anywhere on the pitch. No, surely not. Yeah, I, I, this is going back a long oh, is time. Because that like that's, like, that's what they do in Aussie rules. I'm sure the mark was... Wow. You could mark anywhere. Mm, perhaps, yeah. But yeah. I know you used to... No, I think you may well be confusing two things. You used to be able to kick to touch from anywhere. Yeah, I remember when that changed, it blew my mind. Oh, maybe it is that. Yeah, you could. You could, you could kick that. straight out from anywhere, straight couldn't out you? from anywhere, yeah. 22... Yeah. It was like when, when that was the equivalent of, and you can't imagine it now, but I remember watching games where you were allowed to back pass and the goalkeeper could pick it up in football. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. And defend, when, when the team was time-wasting, they would just kick the ball back and forth. Yeah. Defender to goalie. Um, oh, good old days. Endlessly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shall we talk about some games? Yeah. Of- yeah, is, there, is there any other names? Adam Radwan, I was going to say. Oh, sorry. I, I'd like to see him in the squad. He's he playing, needs, he's he playing in a terrible team. He's going to ever have a shot. He needs to be given... No, that shouldn't be the... the shouldn't be, but it's, a, it's reality. I don't want it to be. I, but I th- it, it is when Newcastle are doing what they're doing, unfortunately. I had thought that Zach Mercer would be one that I would... And I still think I want him in, because I think he's a proper talent, but he just hasn't really demonstrated it in a Gloucester team that has not played badly. That might not be a bad place to stay with. Big game... The big game, big game. at yeah. I, I do. It's big game fifteen now. I I do miss big game eight. Yeah, big game eight was well. that was That's the pinnacle. It. That was the pinnacle. Um, hang on, have I got the right game? No, I haven't. There we go. I have got the right game now. Good old ultimate rugby. <laughs> yeah. So not only a big game for the men's team, but also a record for the ladies' team. You hear about this? What do you mean a record? A record attendance, sixteen thousand. I mean, obviously, you don't believe a word of it. It's all complete lies. 16,000. 16,000 came exclusively to watch ladies. Well, they left after full time and then didn't, <laughs> didn't like watch that. Queens v Gloucester. The, the, do you know... That's a bit annoying for Twickenham. The only people who lose out with this behaviour of publicising numbers which are not real are the women. And it's a shame that they continue to do this. But yeah, 16,000, we should all celebrate it. I mean, it just begs the question, how many people would have been there if it wasn't for the men's teams playing? 500? Well, how many people were there full stop? 70-something thousand. So right. 70,000, yeah, it was, it was a um, big turnout for the Quinns-Gloucester game. Yeah. I mean, okay, so you, what, what you can say is, it, isn't it fantastic that 16,000 people saw some or all of a women's premiership, premiership game? Great. But, <laughs> is it? Th- but that is conflating slightly that it's not true to say 16,000 people went to watch yeah. and pay to just, watch. It's just the lying but, with hey, the It's just not genuine, if, is it? If they're watching it and they enjoyed it, maybe they'll go back for more. I hope so. I hope that I hope they do. I hope it's a compelling prop. I hope it's a compelling prop. And hey, 70,000 people to a club game. 
That's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, it is. And some good numbers this week as well. You know, Welford Road. Bearing in mind at that same stadium, the Premiership final had to give tickets away. Was it £2.50? Thousands of tickets were given away for two quid or free. Yeah. 50, and yeah. I mean, they were giving tickets away to the NHS for, I think, nothing, was it? Not yeah, I think it was like, free. It might yeah. be, or just might admin, booking admin, fee. Yeah, an admin fee. It was so ridiculous. And I remember, I mean, ex-Premiership Director of Comms, one of the most... One of the most amazing additions by subtraction that rugby's ever actually experienced when he left um, was saying what a great result it was to be giving to be helping out our heroes. With respect, it's not about that, is it? It should just be about filling the stadium with people that love rugby. Mm. So anyway, this was a great event, and I've said many, many um, derogatory things about Premiership rugby in the past, but this week I thought Premiership rugby was excellent, and this event did look like it was handled brilliantly. Twickenham looked amazing. Looked absolutely amazing. It's reminiscent of something in the top fourteen, frankly, mm. or, or an international game. Like, yeah. I, I love seeing yeah. Twickenham packed out like this. Mm. <sighs> what do you uh, say but, about the but, rugby, though? But that is interesting. Uh, just just oh. on that, because um, sort of dovetailing, mentioning the Premiership final from last year, which was relatively poorly attended, and the and the excitement for that final occasion for neutrals just isn't there in a way that the Pilkington Cup and the Premiership Final was before. In fact, when I've worked on the Premiership Final before, I've mentioned this on the podcast a bunch of times, the, the fact you would see shirts from all of the Premiership clubs. It mm. was like, a, it was a, a whole day out. That that has gone. Unfortunately, that has gone. It would be great to capture that back again. But, but, but what I was going to say is, did you notice how Premiership Rugby were talking about taking the Premiership around the country? Yes, I heard this. And on the face of it you kind of go yeah that's, that sounds like a great idea real like a no-brainer you've got great stadiums all around England you can promote the the sport in different areas but the cynical part of me thought this is because you couldn't sell tickets for Twickenham and and well there's also and you the can pick question, a smaller stadium would it be worth it because well rugby owns Twickenham doesn't it and if it wants to play somewhere else it's got to hire it's got to hire that stadium so would that be worth it maybe not but St James's Park would be cool um, yeah. Old Trafford would not be cool but maybe City would be cool yeah yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm massively up for it. I mean, moving anything away from Twickenham is good, in my mind, to a degree. Twickenham's not a bad stadium. Um, but what do we say about the rugby, then? Well, Gloucester made it look respectable in the last ten minutes with the two tries. And to get... They got two bonus points, didn't they? Um, besides that, it wasn't really respectable. It was, it was a bit of a beatdown, wasn't it? Yeah, the only thing I can think about for Gloucester at the moment is that every team in the Premiership seems to be top one or two at something, whatever that may be, whether it be scrummaging or you know, your style of play or your offloading game. Quinns are phenomenally good at cohesive ball and hand play. Oh, yeah. They're just really good at it. Them and Northampton are one and two. Offloading, know, reading the gaps, yeah. attacking the lines, yeah. Like Northampton say, um, we... Uh, every gap you attack could well be your next try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are one and two. What are Gloucester good at? Because they're not bad at anything, but they're just not good at anything either. And this well, is a real problem. They yeah. don't have identity. Their, de- their defence this week, particularly in the first half, some of it was really, really weak. Like when Marcus Smith, who you know is going to dummy, goose step, try and accelerate through the gap, and... There was one, which, which try was it? It might have been one of the Nick David tries um, where he does, he was against Chris Harris, international outside centre, uh, Lion, and I think it was Ruan Ackerman, Ackerman inside him. And between the two of them, 
kind of Harris pushes out too early, Ackerman can't get across, and Marcus Smith does exactly what you know Marcus Smith is going to do mm. and finds the gap and offloads, and it's try time. And it's, it's uh, yeah, did, I guess my point is their defence at times this week was just plain bad. And their defence has, over the last couple of years, been pretty good. Mm. So Don Waldock was in charge of it. Is he still there? I think he is. I yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. And he was doing a really good job. And you don't necessarily assume that Dom or associate Dom Waldock with great defence. He's doing a really good job. But I think like many coaches, like almost like Pat Lamb syndrome, the thing which got which made you good can erode quickly in rugby because people watch what you do and they overcome it. And you've got to continuously mm. evolve. So Gloucester were based on hard work, defence. I know driving driving more, yeah, very good set piece. We saw a bit. More. We saw one of their tries. George McGuigan's McGu- McGu- try was off a good bit of organised. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah. Play. Their first try was world class. So Ackerman chips in in midfield. That, yeah, that, that was unusual. That. Yeah. It was oh, his little, his little grubber through to LR, uh, to Louis Rhee Summit. It might have been a chip or, oh, like, yeah. or it was a kick. It was, it a, was kick. a kick. And like, yeah, a crossfield kick pass. That's if amazing. It, if, Finn, if Finn Russell did that or Bowden Barrett did that, <laughs> yeah. like, but then, like, but I, was, I was just confused but when then he, he did was that. But he was on Zamet's shoulder for the, to take the pass. Right. And, he did? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the problem with that try is I watched that, I thought, that's amazing, but there's no way they can do it again. So, but that was also the one where there was two potential forward passes. Yeah. The there, forward pass from the, was it the nine going back to recover the ball? See, yeah, this it is, was. This is one of those, I would reflect on this game if I were a Gloucester fan, as you would have some justification for feeling like there was just something out there in the ether that's just working against you. I agree. Because <laughs> there was some terrible, there was some, well, no, I won't say terrible, there were some questionable decisions which could well have gone the other way. Yeah, they could have, but Gloucester are a bunch of losers at, at the moment. And I mean that <laughs> in terms of when you're not winning and you don't have that habit of winning, well, what's the alternative? That's eight mm. straight Premiership that, defeats. Mm. They, won, they won their first two, they've lost eight. I think it might be the worst run in Premiership history for them. <sighs> I think it may well be. And they're on minus 100 points difference as they're well. Not, they're not far off. Yeah. We, I mean, well, they they got does, two bonus points from this game. So. This is not a bad Premiership rugby team. That's what you're no, going to yeah, yeah, Not yeah. bad. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, just not winning. And equally, that, um, was it Nick David? That, Nick, that yeah. try saving tackle on Thorley. Yes. Unreal. Yeah. Nick David trips him and then Esther Hazen finishes it off. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah. that that's what it takes. I'll tell you another moment of this game I loved and it was so... I don't know where I stand with this guy because I love how brave he is, but I also appreciate that he can get overawed at times. Um, Carreras absolutely smashes Esther Hazen. And I've seen him absolutely... So when it's on the line and there's a big body in the way, he's not afraid of absolutely smashing someone. But then I think after that, he wilts. So he's got one big hit in him <laughs> and they break him. And he's like, oh, I can't do this anymore. And he, I'm he's, it. he's not a huge boy as well. I'm just going to look up his weight, what do you reckon? I, I got no, I'd say I, 90. Didn't he, absolutely, didn't he absolutely smoke someone in the Wales game as well in the quarterfinal of the World Cup? It, it sounds like him, remember. George yeah. North or someone. Yeah. Like, you know, he is capable of absolutely annihilating people. But then that's it. In the process, he annihilates himself. Yeah, so we, I think it might have been in the England game he absolutely smashed someone. But anyway, yeah. he's he's listed uh, in two places: one at eighty-seven kg, that sounds and one, right. one at eighty-two. He's probably eighty-two. He can't be eighty-two. He's five eleven, uh, but 
either even if he's the 87 the upper end of that scale he's given away he's a big footballer he's given away 25 kilos to Esther Hazen yeah well he did it it was a <laughs> cracking tackle to be fair I, I tell you the other guy Quinns I'm really starting to like is Finn Baxter he seems to be decent mm. he keeps, keeps on showing up keeps on putting in reasonable performances the one who needs to be mentioned bearing in mind I've already mentioned Zach Mercer and we've been talking about players that might get another crap for England is uh, Alex Dombrad does look very very good when he plays for Queens <laughs> he yes he does he had he? an extended run with England and didn't didn't really take his chance it, it was a weird one as well because he was Borthwick's guy he was starting number yeah. 8 in the Six Nations yeah. and then done yep. didn't make it didn't. well nobody has looked good in an England shirt until the South Africa game which so is fair, yeah. Oh, ben yeah, L through the whole World Cup, actually. Yeah, yeah. Ben L was good. George Ford in the Argentina game, because it was all about George Ford in the mm. Argentina game. Uh, but yeah, you, you're right. Almost no one, like, the whole England team looked bad until that South Africa game. Yeah. Mm. So, Harlequins, let's just talk about them quickly. Phenomenally dangerous team. Uh, they're just phenomenally dangerous. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know what the upper end is this team, because they're missing players. They're missing... They're two better wingers, in my mind, although Nick David's superb. So how Nick David, Tyrone Green, Caden Murley and Louis Liner fit into three positions, I do not know. Mm-hmm. But, and Oscar Beard, throw him in as well, because I think he And Luke Northmore when, when he um, comes back fit, because he can play 13 yeah. or wing really as well. Really good player. And, you know, I thought they'd miss Marchant. They've not missed Marchant one bit yet. Yeah, well, can we... And, and looking mm. at talking about that with Quinns, I think their unpredictability, the fact they can turn up and be easily the best team in the league, but they can also have an off day and get pumped, means that this year, more than most years, because there's fewer games and because there's more teams at a similar level, they could miss out on top four even. I'm just looking... Just mm. look, look at that top well, six, six as we yeah. turn. Right? I'm looking at the ultimate rugby top six. So <laughs> I've got Northampton Saints, Exeter Correct. Chiefs, Correct. Cell Sharks, Correct. Bath, Saracens, Harlequins. All separated by three points. Uh, and then... Wow. Tigers, who are six points off... But are very very dangerous. Yeah, Leicester Tigers. Well. Yeah, I think. But the only team that I'm going and not making top four is Bristol, Gloucester, Newcastle. Yeah, yeah agree to that. Leicester, Which is, Leicester is, upwards. It could be any of them. It's kind of it is kind of the point that you made a little while ago, Jimmy. That apart from the bottom three, they're all good, and it's like it is. It really is hard to pick. That Exeter and Sale points difference, bearing in mind they're only one point apart in the league and they've got the same number of wins and defeats. Exeter plus 103, Sale minus 18. Yeah. Bonkers, <laughs> isn't Sale it? being one of only three teams, they're in third and they're one of only three teams with negative points difference. Quite, well, that's because of two massive two, yeah. losses, isn't it? It's because they've, they've scored um, the second fewest points in the league, only fewer than... Uh, Sorry, only more than Newcastle Falcons. Um, so they're not scoring many points, which means they're winning all the games by narrow margins when they're winning. And then they've been hammered twice, which means that they're, they're on negative point difference. Well, on sale, mm. a 14 points win, a 14 points lead they threw. Lead, yeah, with 20 minutes to go or so, something yeah, like that. That's crazy. Uh, just on the, uh, an update from. Leinster at the RDS. Uh-oh. Uh, Leinster, uh, Ulster were 12-0 up. Mm-hmm. Leinster, 14-12. But now Nick Timoney's just scored and John Cooney has converted. So Timoney yes. scored two tries and um, they're 19-14 up at half-time. Come on, Ulster. Big win. Worth keeping an eye on that one. Mm. Oh, did you see Connacht's got a win against Munster as well? 
Very Fair nice. play. That was uh, weekend squad for Munster early, by any early, chance earlier today. Um, just checking that. Well, I mean, Munster got loads of injuries at the minute. Mm. Uh, Couldn't tell him. <laughs> Don't know. No, not. It's not that different from the team that played against Leinster. Leinster. To be honest, the nine three. It's almost exactly the same team, uh, but they are. They do have a lot of players out. So, but that's just, that's a good win. Fair for play. Connacht. Yeah, fair play, Connacht. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, anyone watch Sale Northampton? Uh, yes, so most of it, I think. Um, I was very impressed by the way that Northampton ground out the win. Because yeah. that one thing you will always say about this incarnation of the Sale team, they are physical and hard up front. Northampton, that's not always how I would describe them. No. But that was, it was the pressure um, from Northampton matching Sale to get them ahead after coming back from 14 points down. And then to keep them ahead for the last five minutes when Sale were banging on the door. So I think there are two statement wins for Northampton this year. Mm-hmm. One would be Sale, for mm-hmm. exactly the reasons that you say. And also the fact that Sale are pretty much a French team in the in the Premiership. The way that I look <laughs> at them. And that's just how they are. As and big the, a pack as they can possibly get. And the other one, which was a lucky win, was definitely a lucky win, was against Toulon. But I just set the table for them saying, yeah, we can win against anyone really mm. I mean the size doesn't matter we're very confident in what we do and this is also in the depths of winter so you'd have thought that the matchup that Northampton would hate the most would be Sale right now yeah yeah exactly so to do this I think is like it's one hell of a result for Northampton where they can I, they are favourites for me to win the league at the moment I, I, maybe not favourites but they're um, they're a hell of a team and they, they, it really is this to to do exactly what you just said, to beat Sale in these conditions, with Sale winning, by grinding out, by the physicality, was very, very impressive. Yeah. So I think the best team in the Premiership, if they were just to play tomorrow with your best 15, the best team in the Premiership is probably Le- Le- Leicester Tigers. But I think mm. the most likely to win the Premiership, as things stand, or in the best position with how they're playing, is Northampton Saints. Well, Tigers, they have got an uphill battle just to get into the top four. Like, but they're playing lots of people above them as well. So they, they, I mean, they've, they've got to play uh, everyone apart from Saracens Bath again. So they've got to, they've got to play because because we are just over with one game after halfway. Yep. So other than Bath, they've got to play every single team once. So they're going to guarantee three wins against Bristol, Gloucester, and Newcastle Falcons, and then they're going to have six pointers in football parlance. So they they beat everyone else above them. Well, I think they smashed Saracens if they have. Their full team available to them. They are rounding into a really nice team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their next their next games are Saracens at home, Quinns away. <sighs> yeah, I'm not sure they beat Quinns away. Big two games for them. I think it is. They, it is big, two, and the, they, they are in sixth and fifth place. Um, so they can um, potentially leapfrog one or both of those teams if they win those two every, with five points. Yeah, and, and everybody else is going to be playing each other. There's only yeah. ten teams. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone has to play every team yeah, apart from one exactly. again. <laughs> it's crazy. So I, I do think sorry, a full Leicester Tigers team, on all cylinders, they've just got the size and the aggression. They can batter Saracens, absolutely batter them because of the, you know, how it matches up. I don't know they can beat Harlequins though. Mm. Harlequins who got battered by Saracens. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say Bath would be a nasty matchup for them, but they've just absolutely leathered Bath. But that was a second string Bath team. Yeah. Now, this is causing some, some some controversy in this game. What do you think of the Bath team selection? I don't care. I, I, Why? I care. 
Well, because... Hold on a minute. Okay. So what's the controversy? Or controversy, however you meant to say that word. Mm, it's like, it's no, like no, bi- no. Bi- biopic and biopic. What's the, what's the right way around? <laughs> oh, it's definitely biopic. Biopic. Is it? I don't know. You got me thinking, though. Yeah. So the um, controversy is that Bath basically rolled over and gave Leicester the game by not picking their best team. And I am absolutely in agreement with that. Well, so what's the alternative? Pick your best team. But there's a limit to the number of games in which they can play players. And what is this limit? Well, according to who? Well, so there's, there's international players. They've particularly England players. Anyway, they've signed up to an agreement that there's certain games that they can play. Um, also, Finn Russell's got a limit on his games. Finn as Russell well. has a limit on his games. There's, there's also uh, the undeniable fact that between the end of the World Cup, when all the squads were back to normal, and the Six Nations, there is no rest week. Okay, so so so, I don't think it's unreasonable that there would be an element of rest or rotation with some players. Rotation at, is one thing. At some point, yes, I, I don't have a problem with, with with rotation at all. Well, the reason you have a squad is you, you, rotation, not for wholesale changes. I don't think that's right. So, if we look at the team that Bath put out against Harlequins, where they you know did very very well, there's a load of. Uh, Alfie Barbary, Ben. I mean, Ben Alfie Barbary, Ben Spencer, Finn Russell, Will Muir, Ollie Lawrence, and Joe Cook and Singer not being present. That is a big deal. By anyone's stretch, that is a big deal. Missing your eight, your nine, your ten. Now, if, the problem you have with this. Well, that was, so, okay, so I'll just jump in and say the, the alternative is is that you make a few changes in one and you make a few changes in, yes. in another, and you might end up losing both games. You might do. But here's the other thing. And we saw this with Leicester a few years ago. You can get... And Saracens do it quite well, to be fair to them. You can make changes to your first 15. And say if you take out Ben Spencer and put in Louis Schroeder or whoever or, or whoever started, he might be able to do a really good job surrounded by good players that can play a couple of percentage better. And I think that's the same for most players. But when you put all of your backups in at the same time, that's a real problem to me. I, I, would, mm. I would suggest that there's a comparative level of changes between the Bath team this week from last week and the Saracens team this week from last week. Yeah, it's so just that Saracens were playing Newcastle this week and Saracens have a deeper squad than Bath. I think what you say is probably true, but I think the fly in the ointment for that is Newcastle are le- legitimately rubbish. So you are right in saying, you know, you can't, can you criticise Bath without criticising Saracens? Well, Bath are going to the one of their biggest rivals, and they know they're going to get a good hiding. Saracens don't know that, actually. Saracens like, well, it is Newcastle, and we're at home, it's not a massive rivalry, and they're rubbish. Like, you you combine all those things, I think it's acceptable for Saracens to do what they did, because, well, they won. Yeah, they won, and, that, and that's all, all that matters, really. They won. Well, so I'd, I'd say there is something that matters more than winning this one game. Top four. Mm. So if the trade-off, because I think the trade-off is, um, do we know we're going to win this, but have a much better chance of winning the games around it? Sorry, know we're going to lose this, but have a much better chance of winning the games around it. Or do we risk losing all the games around it, including this one, by changing two or three players every time? And and I I just think, so I've seen um, people online saying um, there should be rules against this like rules against wholesale changes that kind of thing I think it should be entirely at the gift of the 
director of rugby to do whatever he wants to give him because his job is get top four win the premiership yeah. whatever give whatever you believe gives the best opportunity <clears throat> to get top four to win the premiership right so that's question, it so the question you're asking really is I, I think I do agree with you that it should come down to the DOR I, I think you're probably right but the question is do you compromise the product um, or do you compromise the end result in in the league now? well here's the product element that I'll jump in and suggest again I think it probably does come down to points uh, ultimately and that's the decision that was made equally if you were thinking from a product point of view the amount of cash that people have to pay for a ticket at the rec and knowing that in the next game before they go back into Europe when they've got a home game against Racing and they've got an away game against Toulouse and they have a genuinely good chance of progressing if they win, especially that first game against Racing. But the next game is Gloucester at home. A mass. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. ...game for their home fans. Mm. The, th- the, the thing that I didn't like about the, the changes for Bath this week is that historically, and when I first got into rugby... Leicester, this was Le- the big... Leicester v Bath was, yeah. the, was the two big English powerhouses. Yep, it is. Yeah. And it's a shame to see it, I agree with you, but Bath v Gloucester at home, and I think Leicester stacked their team this week because they were at home. And they I think, did stack their team. And that is what yeah. people tend to do when there's decisions and, to make. And this year, They uh, stack the teams at home. We flagged this earlier in the year because of the weakened overall squads. Yeah. You are going to get and the lower salary cap um, which contributes to it you're going to get teams who will put a very strong team out at home and a weak team out and that's what France, travelling away that's what they've been doing in France for, for, for many many years. years yeah although that didn't stop uh, Racing 92 sent their very best they sent Sia Khaleesi they sent Henry Arundel to uh, <laughs> to the mighty Bayonne and got beaten oh, yeah Bayonne were were, uh, were 20 points to 3 down and a try and um, 21 points, three tries, but the, the, the 14 points scored in the last seven minutes. And two, two converted tries by Bayon. That is very impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. Whereas my, my beloved Bordeaux, they did send the second string team to Clermont, rested a lot of players, and won. They did. What a game that looked like. Fantastic. Damien Penno against his old team. Uh, oh, no, I- he wasn't playing. He wasn't playing. Yeah, yeah. Pino yeah. was one of the rest of the loads of rested players. So, uh, but they they scored two tries in the last ten minutes to to win in a in a seventy five point cracker. So can I just make one more point about Bath? Mm. Throw us out there and you know, let let let's see what you think. So I think one of the reasons I'm so upset about this from Bath is because I don't think the Bath that Bath's recent success is necessarily set in stone. 
I think mm. they're still oh, a yeah. fragile team. I completely agree with that. So because they're fragile and because they're still building this mentality of winning, I don't think you can throw away any games. I think they should have gone out to win this. And if it's a mixed squad, that's what they should have done. You know, they started a, a hooker on debut. I, the whole thing was just a bit of a mess. And despite that, they did okay. But actually, do you know what? If you watch them, and you saw how they set up their malls. That's always a really good indication of where a team's at. They couldn't set a mall up. Like, the mall was like fat at the front and not very deep. I think, bloody hell, that is exactly not what you want. This is the opposite to good mauling. And they, they did struggle. I don't know what good mauling looks like, but I know they struggled defending malls as well. I know yeah. what bad mall defence looks like because you're conceding tries through it. And even worse for me, I mentioned this at the top of the show, but even worse for me was the performance of some of the senior lads. Will Stewart was awful. I mean, absolutely awful. You you want lads who, when you put them in a bad team, they raise they're, everyone else they're around the leaders. them. Yeah, yeah. In the same way that when you put your replacements into the first team, they come up to standard or everyone lifts them up. He was dreadful. I think it's really damaged his England pro- prospects, that. I really do. So um, it, was, it is a tough shift going away to... A stacked Leicester team, but yeah, yeah but it's job, isn't it? It is, it is. He's going to be and the it's, best in the country. But in his in his England prospects, who who goes in? Like if if Will Stewart's not there, Joe Hayes, Joe Hayes, maybe he had he had a good game this week, but um, I don't, I'm not sure he's there. No, uh, I tell you who I, who I like. Let's just talk about players that I do like. Um, <laughs> I've never seen this boy play. Don't know who he is. I thought thin Theobald Thomas was an absolute dynamo when he came on. He was handy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got over the ball, stole it, yeah. made, made some good tackles. Age 20, 105 kilograms, 5 foot, five, five foot 10. Second coming of Harry Fackham. Harry <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, uh, just on, on this they've game. Got some, they've got some hooker options. Yeah, they they've do. got some hooker options. And do you know what? They've got some back row options because when you bring off the bench... Kyle Hatherall and Ollie Cracknell, just to bang people. Yeah, it's terrifying. There yeah, is a bloody yeah. good squad. Last now, it, it is. I do like the second row partnership. The first time those two have ever played together in the second in the row. Second I've row. Heard that, yeah, yeah. Oh. George George Martin and Ollie Chesham. So yeah. did you see Ollie Chesham's interview at the end? Uh, unfortunately, you know, so it happened on TNT Sport. Um, I, I so I did not watch any of the post game stuff, so I did not see it. Uh, and I think that's probably the majority of people. I think I imagine that the viewing dips right off. Yeah. I so agree. I was. So I'm imagining that what you're about to describe that happened is something that TNT Sport were only couldn't wait to put out on their social media <laughs> channels to share because it it highlights the great personality and a, and a great real human moment from from one of <laughs> one of the stars of the game. But funnily enough, TNT Sport have not put it on their Twitter account. Yeah. So Ollie Chasm during his interview with. I think it was Bayfield. Craig Doyle. Craig Doyle, yeah. It, definitely it was Craig Doyle, yes. Decided to neck a pint, which was absolutely superb. Um, well, I say it's superb. It, <laughs> I was thinking, what are you doing? Like, the media men at um, and women at Tigers must have been pulling their hair out. Oh, no, it Let was. alone the alcohol sponsors. Was it, well, Bayfield was there, wasn't he? Because Bayfield was... Reporter. Reporter, yeah. yeah. But I thought, yeah, okay. this is one of those things which hopefully will slide on the ether, ether, ether radar. But what I also thought is, I wish I had caught that on my phone and posted it off the... Egg Chasers Twitter account, which we, nobody knows the password to at the moment. Um, <laughs> so, and just just a bit of fishing to see what the reaction would be. This is a disgrace. <laughs> this is all the rest of it. It was a nice moment. 
I don't know what it says about the professionalism of the sport, but it was a nice moment. It, so, no, it's intrinsically linked to and, rugby, isn't and it? And by the way, he only did it because he was encouraged to do it. It was, it was. Uh, <laughs> he was encouraged. No, to no, it. no, as oh, in, that's okay, no, then. no. It was fair play, and I thought, no, was, I, I thought, n- nice, nice job, Craig Doyle. He went, oh, you know, oh, thanks for coming in. You, you bet, you better see that off. What? No, and he went, Craig oh, yeah, it? yeah, I'll see it off, and n- knocked it back with with his left hand. Fair play, and <laughs> no, no, Craig Doyle is saying even funnier, which I really, really liked. He turned around to Chesham and said, oh, can you um, hold the mic with the other hand, please? Because, <laughs> of course, <laughs> then he'd be done. Buffalo. It's Buffalo, indeed. So, yeah, uh, great scenes. Loved it. So, before, I, I didn't actually see that, but I did watch the post-match with Jasper Visa, where he, one of his lines was, um, getting smashed is humble. Oh, it keeps you humble. And Craig Doyle said, I, I find getting smashed, it's something like, I think, um, Getting smashed tumbling as well, but it's a different kind of getting smashed. It was, it was a line. What line. type of getting smashed is he referring to? Which was, I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. I love Craig Doyle. I know he's great. He's great. He was really good. I, I, like, I've been on, um, I've been on like European weekends with Doyle, and I, I, oh. I, I cannot confirm or deny what type of getting smashed he's referring to. I would love to go on a weekend with Doyle. Absolutely. Yeah. Delalio so, is the one you need to watch out for. In fact, <laughs> Doyle and Delalio as a as a as a two. I don't have I don't have that kind of money. No, they're, uh, they're they're the dangerous ones. I do not doubt it for a second. Uh, and and, and I, I would just say Austin Healy's the one that you, where you don't have to worry about the money because he just he goes to the bar and usually buys a bottle of something and then just pours it down people's throats. <laughs> I tell you what, I do remember this though. Um, I won't tell you which BT stores were involved in this, but we were out in. We were out in Philadelphia. Mm. They were playing Gin Face, and I could not count the amount of shots which were on the table. I don't know who funded that. Was it G- from- Gin Face? Explanation? Do you know Gin Face? Do I know it by another name? Nope. It would gi- it, yeah, it's, the name is pretty no. self-explanatory. No, right, so that- Gin Face, right? Yeah. It is. Lots of shots of water. But equally, lots of shots of gin. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you take one and you've got to guess, was it a gin or was it a water? Obviously, you don't have to drink, guess it as the drinker. Yeah, yeah. But the person observing <laughs> the drinking. I think that one was gin. <laughs> I think, right, yeah. mm. you think correctly, you go again. Yeah. Very good. Uh, so, well, done well done, done, done Tigers. Uh, I, I didn't know it was exclusively with gin. gin. But, um, oh, yeah, because gin's really clear. Yeah, so is and, vo- and so it, vodka. Yeah. Gin's only clearer. So yeah, I hear. Maybe, okay. Cool. I don't know. And gin, I find gin you, more disgusting as well. Oh, disgusting, true. Yeah. How, how hard can it be? It's a dark bar. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure vodka will work fine. By all means, try vodka. Bailey's. <laughs> Bailey's and pond water. <laughs> which, which one was it? Uh, and the last game we're going to talk about, I think, because unless you want to say something about Saracens, I don't. No, didn't really see anything. Well, Saracens, great win. Um... This is actually an important game. Bristol Bears Exeter. And an important win for an important last minute Vermeulen try to I mean that Bristol got nothing. It was a three point game with five minutes to go. And Bristol walk away at home with nothing against the kids. Yeah, so well, I mean the talking point from this one is Emmanuel Feo Waboso. Yes. Who I've seen a few times and until today I was not impressed with. Today, oh, I, I came back on the podcast and raved about him after uh, he a, co- uh, a Premiership Cup game last week, last, last season. Shit. Him and Tom Wyatt. He scored. He scored a cracking try earlier in the season in one game, and then yeah. got injured shortly after it. Yeah. Uh, Very steppy. I like him. Uh, and like strong him. as well. Mm. I need to see more though. Like 
most premiership wingers can carry the ball nicely. He does carry the ball very nicely, to be mm. fair. Yeah. But is everything else there? And this is what you've got to remember about wingers. If you can't chase a ball, if you can't chase a kick, you're not a winger. Anyone can carry a ball. It, well, not anyone. Which is actually where, in terms of international... Uh, you see, I, I want express pace in the England team when I'm, th- when I'm so, which mm-hmm. is why I still want to persevere. I still want Radwan to be involved, um, and mm-hmm. I want Murley uh, around around the place. But it's why. But when I look at the other stuff to do with being a winger, I, I look at Tom Roebuck and think he could transition to international rugby. Yeah, mm. I completely agree with you. Completely agree. England with you. or Scotland? He's great. Well, uh, chasing kicks. He's absolutely brilliant. Mm. Yeah, and that's so important. People don't realise how important that is. It's so important. So, well, it's it's when when Andy Goode apparently met, said the quote unquote training ground bust up between Farrell and Arundel. All that was actually happening, Arundel was not chasing kicks. By unacceptable, and, and, and he got told off Send for him. it. Although, by the did captain. you see the uh, rugby pass clip of Dave Atwood this week explaining why Owen Farrell hates him? No. no. <laughs> oh. oh, go on. So, long story short. Dave Atwood was asked on a podcast, who do you struggle with? And he goes, on the field, Owen Farrell. And he was at pains to say Owen Farrell's a great bloke on off the field, this, that, and the other. And then proceeded to tell a, a story where Owen Farrell was clearly not a great bloke. Um, but apparently, Atwood said something along the lines of, rugby league is a sport played by peasants. Now, that's not the greatest phrasing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, but, <laughs> when his whole family is rugby might, league royalty. That might rub up. His, just, just, just laugh, Owen, just laugh. <laughs> the England captain, you, you, your dad is lying. Rugby coach. league is a game played by peasants. <laughs> I mean... Sure. If he'd said it was a salt of the earth working class sport, that would have that would have uh, said exactly the same thrust of the point, but framed it in a very very different way. Russell conjugation of peasants. The, the, the joke here, the joke should purely be on Dave Atwood, who knows nothing about rugby league. Because anyone who even comes even close to rugby league will say it is a game played by the hardest men ever, ever <laughs> to walk the planet, right? You just, you know, the joke is on, on Dave Atwood, but apparently Owen Farrell took it so badly, he tried to hit him with a toilet door. So did, was there any was there any indication of what uh, Ben Spencer was joking about then? Oh, Ben Spencer was banished long, a long time ago. Was it pies? Yeah, was he joking? Did he make a joke about pies? No, um, ben Spencer looked at him wrong. <laughs> just looked at him wrong and gone. Just gone. Gone. So Owen Farrell, yeah, uh, uh, it seems Dave Atwoods is confirming all my bias, biases about <laughs> Owen Farrell. Uh, let's go back to Exeter. Uh, this is important because they don't win away, or they've won, or they've won very infrequently mm-hmm. away. Um, I think you're right on Greg Fissel, Tim. He looks like a real, real player. I, I, I do not want him anywhere near the England squad yet. Give him a good couple of years playing Throw him in. rugby. Throw yeah, him in. get the kids in. He's definitely ready. Uh, he looks great. Really like him. Um, and I think, was this Oli DeVos' first game back? Uh, he was he played, yeah, last, he played week. last week. Yeah. First start. Whether he's, yeah. Maybe. I mean, he came off, but yeah, he has played. This was not his first game. It's, uh, but it's good, it's good to see DeVos back. Yeah, it, this is a great win for Exeter because they don't win often away. It is a very worrying uh, game for Bristol Bears. Bristol Bears must be thinking about replacing Pat Lamb. They mu- they just deserve better. That's the only thing I can think of. I'll just I'll say one thing. I don't like uh, players that qualify on residency and and aren't or aren't actually of that nationality. However, however, when did Jack Vermeulen get to England? Because <laughs> we we do not have many great sixes, and got that he came off the bench and was just 
a weapon. He is a weapon, isn't he? Well, he he is one of the two from the pretty much from the championship winning team that they've retained. Him and Henry Slade are like the two kind of big Jeff names. Lulin. Yeah, was he? Yeah, we did. We did this. We did this last week. Two, started, started last week or two final. weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought he meant the championship when they got promoted. No, sorry, sorry. The, like, the double, uh, double winner. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, three yeah. three years ago. Like, yes. Are you sure about this? Because yeah. I, I don't want to call he, you about. He Matt. definitely. He would have been about five fourteen, maybe, uh, <laughs> when they got promoted from the championship. So he's twenty eight, and he got to Exeter in twenty nineteen. Originally packed down next to Rob Baxter. Mm. He got to Exeter in tw- in twenty nineteen, so he will not. Uh, Maybe this year, five years, twenty twenty four. He will qualify. Mm. Uh, he'll qualify in the summer. Mm. Uh, just think, with his age, there'd be no point in doing this because if it's two years from a World Cup, you go okay. This guy, this guy's a player. God, no, I'm just going to. He'd enjoy- only be th- like be the 30, next World Cup. Thirty one. Thirty two. Be 31, 32, 31 years old. Do you know, I'm just going to interrupt myself and go in a different 32. way. Like, uh, what on earth are we talking about? Because <laughs> the, the main thing here is, look at the players South Africa don't need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's the thing which I think, like... That's the thing. Is it? Is yeah. it any wonder that it's the most arrogant rugby team in the world? Not, And that's not a criticism I, uh, either. They absolutely deserve it. <laughs> like, these are the guys they don't need. yeah. Like um, another one, it's very similar to uh, Vermalen in uh, Liebenberg. Yeah, Hannah Liebenberg. Yeah, like one players. of the most important players for that, this Leicester Tigers team. Um, not interested in just, yeah, just yeah. the guy, just the yeah. guy. Not not this week, but under normal circumstances, captain is captains Leicester Tigers. There are legitimately players up and down the league who have who are South African, who are the most important players for their club. And South Africa don't even know their <laughs> Stephen <laughs> Levis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Tyrone, Tyrone Green as well. All of Sale Sharks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just nuts. It is insane. I, I'm not even sure what's in, in... I'm not sure what is in the top 14, but I'm sure there's there, one or uh, two handy ones there, in there, which is... Bern, yes. uh, Bernard Janssie van Rensburg. Yeah. Berger Odendal. England, England, like England who, crying out for a 12. That he, would be, he would be snapped yeah. up in their squad straight away. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the uh, Noah Heward try was very... Was very nice. Yeah, that was. Oh, lovely. actually, it was not just a bit nice. It was really nice. Yeah, because there's two little tip passes: one from Vakatawa and then one f- one from Van Rensburg. I actually think. Yeah, I think you're right to get it out to him. Yeah, yeah, and, and a lovely finish. Yeah, uh, just on that, um, and I forget which journalist made this observation, uh, but it's one that we've made many times before. But I just mentioned the issue England have at 12, and I mentioned mm. Bernard van Rensburg. Of the 10 sides that were playing this weekend, how many of them were English? Oh. Of the 10 sides? Sorry, so the 12. Of, of, the, of the 10 Premiership sides that were playing with a 12 on their back, Exeter had Oli Devoto. Bedlow. Bristol had Ber- Bernard Janssen Will van Rensburg. You had um, Oli Hartley was English. Yeah, uh, Saracens. Orlando for Newcastle. Uh, you had Rory Hutchinson for Northampton, Scottish. Up against yep. Rob Dupree for sale. Yeah. Uh, oh, had, yeah, was it not Bedlow? No. no, you had Andre Esterhazen for South African, up against Seb Atkinson, English England, English prospect. Yeah. And for Leicester, you had Solomon Cutter against, up against Will, Will Butt. Butt. So Will Butt is, but it, it was a rested is, team. Yeah, rested team. So realistically, you had three. Ordinarily, I would suggest you have, yeah, you, about you, that. the maximum you have is about three ordinarily. 
Yes. In any in any given week. So for all of the the, the fact that the Premiership is there and and the whole point about this player, uh, the professional game agreement is about closening the ties, making it more of a partnership between Premiership and international rugby. There are certain positions on the pitch where the Premiership is, pro- I would argue, not just not helping, holding back the national team. I bet, so it wouldn't be difficult to do. You could track nationality. You just need to do it binary nationality per position across the league like throughout the the 18 rounds and i have no doubt that um inside center would be the worst um for english you because all you do is say was the player playing in this in shirt one shirt two shirt three was the player english yes or no across each position through the 18 games is there some kind of Someone Smart. someone listening will do that for us. Uh, please email contactedchasers at gmail.com. Just hold on a second. Just, just, just hold on to this second, right? Is there some sort of smart permitting auction that we can do for positions? And what I mean by that is, at the start of the season, maybe you've got, you know, you can get how many foreign players. You can get as many foreign players as you like, but you can get certain foreign players in certain positions. So, to like the the Irish system. Yeah, very similar. Except you, you somehow you you buy the you buy the for a twelve. <sighs> well, the problem is, if you buy a thirteen, you can also play twelve. Yeah, even if but you, it works for the Irish. Even if you limited yeah, but that, it to, like, I, I think I made the point the other week. I don't know how explicit the Irish system is. Yeah. Like, it, whether is it written explicitly written now? And you, there can only be one, twelve, thirteen, and also, and also as, there's not w- owners willing to contest it. Yes, that's that's very true. And you there, I, 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 I like yeah. the idea. The, the there are many positions where you would probably got every player was English this weekend. I don't, I don't know, but we yeah, there's probably or, or nine nine out of ten. Yeah, yeah. Some of the positions will be like scrum half, yeah. um, hooker. I have no doubt. Back rows, wingers. They they will be. Yeah, most majority uh, and English. You need, you need, okay, you, or UQP. You need, I've got it. So I don't know about the permit because yeah, go on. It's not to buy a foreign player. It's to play a homegrown player. So. If you, yeah. So, if you have, okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, you, you're getting this idea live. <laughs> if you put an English player in a twelve shirt consistently throughout the entire season, right? You then have removed the average cost of a player from your entire cap. So, is it only the twelve shirt? Because so it, I was just is it, about to say, how could you use a carrot, not a stick? Well, because it's you could give extra extra EQP credits. credits, so you get. But then, then yeah, you're going to have to weigh the positions because you already obviously get the EQP. That's what you do, and the homegrown In, uh, credits. And I'm all for that because, I, and I think that should be Steve Borthwick's decision. He should say tight head prop twelve. He's allowed to pick maybe three or four positions that you can that, that the RFU will give more, even more money. Uh, well, yeah, and it should come from the RFU. An yeah. It should come from the RFU, not from Premiership Rugby's coffers. Yeah, so it's a bounty system, right? So you get an extra... No, you get £200,000 in cash, right? Which is excluded from your salary cap. In yes. a, a brown brown envelope. So yeah. currently you get cash, <laughs> which is not excluded from the salary cap, and you get credits, which is your cash, yeah. which will be excluded from salary cap. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're just allowed to spend more. And, and here's what we do with it, right? At the end of a season, the the directors of rugby, you, you get, there's a pot of money for tight head prop, there's a pot of money for for inside centre. Let's mm-hmm. say there'd be two positions two, that yeah. would be a massive 
it's in hugely in the national interest, uh, England rugby's interest to have those positions. So even let's say it's a, a million pounds, then what you do is you get the directors of rugby of the teams that have achieved that quota. You put them in the crystal ball thing, and you put the, Chris. You put the, ca- the cash in through the letterbox and have them fight them, fight amongst it. And you televise that. That's one, I mean, why have you? You have to ask why have you sacked your overweight fat director of rugby and replaced him with this young athletic one like LeBron James for, yeah, LeBron for two James. days is your director of rugby. Why is this? I don't understand it. Um, yeah, I, yes, it's coming together nicely now. So maybe the pot for positions. Let's just say they've got a million quid. Right, in this pot. And the you can only use it for two positions, say, right? Or three positions. Well, yeah. well maybe Steve Borthwick can allocate that as as he wishes. Yeah, but so he's like, okay, with a limit. We need a second row. We need second row. Um and we need a centre. Inside centre, tight head prop yeah. and yeah, and blind side flanker. So then, right? So then at the start of the season, um you say the whole say every club plays an English player in all of those positions. They are all still in the draw for all those positions. Next week, two clubs do not play, play a foreigner in six and play a foreigner at 12. They are out of contention for those two positions. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as the season goes on, maybe you're left with nobody left in any of the positions, but only two clubs have got 12s um, going into the final week of the season. As, as things stand, they're on for half a million quid each for next season. <laughs> And then there's an injured centre. What do you do? Do you, do you play a kid? Play the, you've got to play a kid. Do you, do you play a kid? Half a million. Sure half and he million might have quid? a stormer and... Send, send the kids in. And then he gets his England cap. Yeah. So you would have to put in some T's and C's so that you couldn't have, I don't know, like Owen Farrell running out with a number three on his back. No, no, but... You, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a number 12 on his back, absolutely fine. Yeah. But the number three on the, his back, yeah. well, I mean, guess it's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you couldn't have too much fluidity like the... But how come how come the guy wearing six is is packing down his second row? Well, just it just is. Just yeah, really. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, well, it, hang on. I'm trying to think this through. There'll be some g- great gamesmanship going on. I would send that to arbitration. There needs to be an arbitration panel. That is not a legitimate decision. Yeah. Therefore, you don't get it. And as it's our gift, the million quid. Why you know why should there be an arbitration situation? Well, you need a commissioner to to be the sole authority on such matters. Yes, perfect. I think it's a this Austin, is, Austin Healy. What if? What if? Okay, here's a great scenario for you. What if you've got your twelve, and he's played every game this season, and you're about to win the bounty, but then Scotland offer him a guaranteed match situation? <laughs> what happens then? <laughs> Oh, this is a this is a wonderful wrinkle to rugby. There's something there. There is, isn't there? I think I, I, the principle of yeah, extra money to incentivise because England have got a massive issue, and you, we can't. We we've had two World Cup finals, uh, two World Cups in a row where the the, the scrum has undone us. Yeah, we've had a long-standing issue at twelve, which has massively affected the the way that the team plays and mm. what, the, what the options of the coaches has been. Mm. Uh, and we can't just go on again the next three, four years and not solve those issues. Yeah, and it, it means you've got you've got almost too much talent at thirteen uh, that you can't play, and you've got to either fudge them to get someone like Marchand on the wing, or fudge Manu or Slade at twelve. Um, so you can't play all the talent you've got in some positions, but you've not got anywhere near enough talent in others. Yeah, this is where the hybrid contract potential comes in because there's there would be a negotiation to. to to be had and hey Northampton Saints might disagree but I've said for ages now Tommy Freeman 12 
and that if I so if I was Steve Borthwick, I might be saying I want to just do a deal with Northampton mm. where he play where he plays twelve. Although and give them money which is outside of the salary cap towards his salary. Although I do rate Dingers. Um, I don't think well, who's just resigned as well. Who's I think he's a very oh, good player. Dingwall the resigned, not Freeman. Or Ding, both do it. Dingwall's resigned. There's, there's been a load of announcements on re- resigning. But Dingwall definitely today. Oh, I read it today. I love solving uh, rugby's problems in the space of two minutes. <laughs> so easy, isn't it? Perfect. So uh oh, Leinster twenty-one, Ulster twenty-two. <sighs> well, as it currently stands, with. Oh. Fifteen minutes to go. Oh, not again, Ulster! Come right. on. Okay, so <clears throat> I, he, yeah, go on. Here's my thought: uh, we've given our listeners more than enough rugby content. They should be very, very grateful. Well, let's do the next week's fixtures and then wrap this up. Perfect. Although, although can I just tease something? I think in a few weeks' time, Tim, maybe, maybe eight weeks' time. Who knows? We're going to release our embarrassing DOR's Patreon podcast to the. Oh. To, the, to, the, to the masses, because I thought it was so good. It was, if I say so myself, it but was no, quite a good fun. Well, so so good. It was so much fun. It was fun to do. It, it might be terrible, but it was fun to do. Yeah, uh, we enjoyed. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I tell you what, gonna, I want to finish off with this email from Martin, who's um, taken the trouble to email us. Contact techchasers at gmail dot com. Incidentally, uh, <clears throat> I was just looking, and there was a bunch of um, great emails. Max Armstrong, Exeter fan, was has just pointed out Jacques Vermeulen will have been in England five years in the spring mm. this coming spring. And he also said, because we mentioned Richard Capstick last week, Capstick, Chunza and Hodge are all due to return very soon. Mm. So he's, he's enthusiastic about the future. Good. Um, we had people talking about the um, how poor Premiership Rugby TV is. as uh, as a, They just chuck the whole games up on there rather than having any sort of curation of it. And what know, rugby really so needs Im- is like a match of the day type show. So there's a podcast that I listen to, and I don't know how they do it, but they have their podcast in chapters. And, yeah, I... Never really thought of this as a big deal, but now I've got access to it. It's really, really important. And I think those little things in rugby are, you know, for a ni- an 80-minute game, uh, probably, what, 100 minutes of coverage, it is important. That, I mean, the BT Sports app used to have that, didn't it? It used to be able to... even used to be able to zoom in on fights. It used to have a little POW thing, a little um, uh, impact uh, symbol. So, yeah, I think Premiership Rugby needs to get a grip of that because the experience of that player is not good enough. You can't skip forward ten minute, uh, ten seconds. You can't do anything. Yeah, and also some of it has no commentary, um, and just it, people aren't just going to watch a whole eighty minute game with ambient stadium sound. No. Yeah, so there needs to be a bit more curation. I think it's almost like um, they should um, invest in some some people that are, are good at making content already. <laughs> Goodness me! Uh, maybe even people experienced in. In YouTube and stuff, uh, with, with broadcasting <laughs> backgrounds, but, but I doubt and that. Uh, yeah, I doubt I like think really, of anything like that. Yeah, a really diverse panel of people. I think would be great. <laughs> uh, email in from Martin Spurgin. Contact deadchasers at gmail dot com. Now he's been on treatment for a brain tumor for a year. This is the one I want to read. Thank wow. you. And he said, due to my previously very uh, heavy driving sales job, my entire pool of mates are from my CrossFit box, which is also a half an hour drive away. I'm not allowed to drive now until probably 2025. So consequently, listening to you guys talk about rugby with snippets of CrossFit mentioned in is helping fill the lonely void. Well, Martin, keep on keeping on, fella. And uh, great to have you listening. And uh, yeah, wish you all the best 2024 with that recovery and the treatment. He says, anyway, my question is, 
I've been actively watching rugby since I was a teenager in the 2000s, but I haven't followed the Premiership. While I still played, I kept it local. Then at uni, it was internationals, and due to living with two Welsh girls mad into their rugby... Uh, All right, brag. <laughs> <laughs> ...followed what was then the Guinness League. Oh, I don't, I don't remember it being a Guinness League. I remember the um, Rabo Pro Direct. Rabo Direct. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, Guinness League. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was the Magnus League for a bit. Yeah, Magnus for quite a while. No, it was Guinness. I remember... That wasn't so long ago. It was after Magnus, I'm sure it was. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't, I don't doubt it. Uh, he says, so I've never had a premiership club to follow. Since the World Cup, I decided I'm in and should pick a team. I'm out in East Yorkshire, so geographically, I'm out in the wilderness as pre- yeah, prem team true. go. Mm. Similarly, how you were taking pitches on French teams recently, who would each of you pitch to a neutral looking for a team to actively follow? I'm essentially looking for a bit of enjoyment. In a few years, uh, I have left left till my tumour finishes me off. What? Well, get watching some rugby then. I don't know. Definitely, oh my, definitely my, watch some rugby, Martin. My goodness, Martin. Uh, the way he's put that so um, casually. Mate, I really, first and foremost, I hope the, the treatment is successful and goes well. That, that, that's, uh, that, I mean, well, anyway. Well, I mean, my overwhelming thought here is make sure you pick wisely. You don't want to spend two years supporting wasps. He said, it yeah. <laughs> he said it doesn't need to be the winningest team, but good rugby skills and exciting games to watch are the dilemma I'm facing. Each week I change my mind on who to follow. One week I'm at Quinn, uh, all, all for Quinns. Next I'm all over the West Country teams. Generally, I tend to watch it all at the moment, but I have to get a job again soon to pay for my one-year-old's place at nursery once I lose the financial independence support I've been on through my treatment. Keep up the good work, guys. So, so this is uh, what I was initially going to say is we need to pick a team that um, you can get to, but and I still, I, so I, I think still think that's, that's in the back of my mind. Uh, in the future, I'm hoping that there's a, a long future of being able to get to a get to a ground, and and that was in my mind, Martin. Mm. Um, so I actually don't think it's that important going to the grounds because I used to go sail every single week and I haven't done for a while. I did really enjoy it, and I still enjoy it when I go. I think it's a really good experience, and you know, but it doesn't. I. I, I Watching rugby on TV is a pretty good experience. And when I've gone drinking or whatnot, uh, watching internationals, I just haven't enjoyed it nearly as much as been at the stadium. Sale is different. I did enjoy that a lot. So I don't think it's necessarily that important. And also, if you want to watch it every week, the stadium experience is a bloody big effort. Because you've got to leave, what, a couple of hours before? A couple of hours travelling back? Well, if, if he's in East Yorkshire as well, yeah. he's got... A, a- Best an hour and a half, depending on whereabouts in East Yorkshire, but probably an hour and a half to two hours to sail Newcastle and Leicester. Yeah, so been that, it's just not important. And also, we, we could have made other recommendations for non-premiership teams, but that explicitly was not asked for. So, based on that, the, the club I've really enjoyed following, really enjoyed, if I was a neutral, would be Gloucester. I love Gloucester. Uh, I just think it's a tough club. It's kind of got the right kind of foundations. I don't know what it is, but they're, they're not good enough to be good and they're not bad enough to be terrible. So it's always kind of like this roller coaster of, will we be good this year? Will we be not good this year? It's all. It's always next year. It's always next year, which is great. And you get a win against Bath and everything seems great. Everything. What I do works. like about Gloucester is that is, a, that is a proper working class town. It is, isn't it? They've got a lot of fans that are from agricultural communities from uh, generation after generation after generation, father, grandfather. Like, you've got lots of people who will, who will have been taken to the ground by their dad. So it's like a proper old-school rugby club. I, love, I went to Gloucester a, few, a couple of weeks back, and I, I love going to Kings Home. I love that club. There I agree we, with you. There we go. I mean, there's plenty of clubs I've not been to. In fact, most clubs I don't think I've been to. 
I've always enjoyed myself at Harlequins. I've always, always liked it there. I think that's a, that's a, a real... But and Harlequins... to follow. Harlequins I, I, play a more attractive brand of rugby, yeah. if if that's what you're interested in. Mm. Um, and the, would, they're more likely to win anything, although we, uh, Martin does say explicitly, they don't have to be the winning winning Winningest team. Yeah. I, I would say uh, for financial solvency, Northampton Saints, which is an important consideration <laughs> given, re- given recent it, years. It is. They're most likely to still exist in any given period of time. Courtney Laws also plays for them. For now. For now. And they've got some very good young English talent. They play the game a really nice way. So oh, so uh, hold on. So on our shortlist so far, I, I'm, I'm putting Northampton Saints on the shortlist because they're doing... that. They, they A bit like Gloucester, they haven't actually won the trophies, but they, they do a lot of things right. Look at the English well, talent that they're producing. trophies. Gloucester have got none? None, correct. Yeah, no, because they only... I mean, they won the league, but they didn't win the final, did they? Yeah. They've got no European... In, in recent years, then. They've got in, no European pedigree. And not, and not, uh, Northampton's got at least one. They've got one and... Have Gloucester pa- not won the Challenge Cup? They might win a Challenge Cup, but does yeah. that really count? Yeah, not really. Not really. Northampton um, have won the big one. Yeah, in, and in they've got to the final another time. Yeah. So Northampton's definitely the bigger of the two clubs. Oh, yeah, no question. So Gloucester-Northampton, should we put another one on our shortlist? There's only 10 teams. If you were going to have another spot on a shortlist, Northampton, Gloucester, and... I mean, there's some fantastic... I love the whole experience of going to Bath because you get to go to Bath but that's, but but, but that's not part of it that's not part of it though yeah. is it because no. it's not going to it I would so the, the one I was going to chuck onto the shortlist bearing in mind what is bubbling now and the story they've already gone through Exeter mm. Mm. Like, the re- if, if the I was rebuild. going to pick a team to support now because London Irish weren't my team as such but they were the team that I felt clo- felt strongest mm. about only because my brother played for them but that was the team that I kind of had a soft spot for but if I was going to pick one now, I think I'd probably pick Exeter. Don't get me wrong. I love Exeter. I mean, to be honest, I like all the teams in the Premier League, mm. with the exception of Newcastle and um, <laughs> Bristol. So I like eight out of ten. And I actually like Bristol. I just don't like the director of rugby. Um, so all in all, they've all got really, really good really good stories. So you've got to pick the one which, might, which matches you. As for Exeter, is it not a little bit like buying Amazon stock now rather than when Jeff Bezos was driving the vans? <laughs> well, but it's your back... Because it's the rebuild, but, uh, so you're getting in on the ground floor is, of the and rebuild, it, and it's yeah, not—it's not, not about charge. It's not trying to pick the winner yeah. in two years' time, is it? This is about picking the the club that you would you would root for, and like you would Do you know feel the, have the strongest feeling about. Do you know what the nice thing is about Exeter, and I find myself rooting for them all the time, is how regularly they are targeted by morons, <laughs> and how it doesn't. I mean, that is a is a real thing. That it's a real thing. It gives. Do you know like we talk about Everton and how they've really rallied round because there's something to fight for there. Uh, the, mm-hmm. uh, the injustice there is something about Exeter which is yeah basically they've gone from everyone's second favourite club to a club widely derided by you know the chattering classes I, and I love them for it and all they care about is are they popular to the people of Exeter and there's something to be said about that and I love it mm. Ex- Exeter is a good shout it's a great shout Exeter but, yeah. Yeah, I, I, but Bath has got a beautiful kit amazing Bath ground and well. this is the so Bath so much history and this is the Bath where they're they could actually be good. They could actually, after years and years of, they fell from the biggest club, the biggest club in rugby, to just years of, they had loads of talent, but could just never, money. Pl- yeah, money, talent, and lots of directors of rugby, could never put it together. Do you like Manchester United, yes or no? If the answer is yes, support Bath. <laughs> I can't help thinking with Bath, I can't get past thinking with Bath that it is still built on foundations of sand. Finn Russell goes, oh, completely. It, it all comes tumbling down. 
completely. Yeah, but like that's it'll be. Everyone, it's it? it's going to be a good few years. Yeah. For, uh, like as in Finn Russell, the next three years, it's going to be incredibly exciting, and then it will be. Um, you'll be despondent for the rest of your the the bath era. So based on that, Tim, why don't we pick a team based on the worst starting fly half? Because theoretically, they're most sustainable. <laughs> Harvey Skinner. <laughs> not a bad shout. <laughs> I don't mean to be nasty to Harvey Skinner. He's no, a fine no, no. Player. I mean we're we're ignoring. Newcastle Falcons. Yes. And, yeah, yeah we've just we've ruled out Newcastle. Out, leaving them out. So um, you can't pick Pat Saracens, you can't pick Sale, you can't pick Bath, you can't pick Tigers. Can't pick Harlequins. Can't pick Harlequins. You're left with what's, uh, what's it? Gloucester. Bristol. 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 So, hey, who's the worst of Hastings? Sheedy. Sheedy. Skinner. 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 And Finn Smith. We, we don't right. mention him, so. Yeah, but Finn Smith is, I think he's he's yeah, so a legit player. Three. So based on this, Sheedy's the worst fly half in, in that lot. Probably. It's a great rugby system. He's an international though. So is Hastings. Skinner's he is. Not. Skinner is the not. only non-international. Well, not the only non-international. He might be the only non-international. Finn Smith's not capped yet, is he? He will be. That's a match. Yeah, so he will be. JB, just want to just want to summarise this. Martin, who is having treatment for a brain tumour, your adv- you might well be saying follow Bristol. Yeah, maybe I'm the one with the brain tumour. <laughs> yeah, based purely on picking the team with the worst fly half because well, they're most look, look, you most ask, you ask about Three morons. Good question. <laughs> what did you expect to happen? The, <laughs> this poor man has emailed in asking for advice on which team to support, and what we've told him is support the team with the worst fly half. There you go. Perfect. Crystal Bears. I I would say Exeter. But if there's any chance that you know you're going to want to follow this support through and be a regular uh, match day go- match day goer, I-, I would not choose Exeter for you because North go Northampton, North Yorkshire to uh, to Exeter no, is, is not great. It, so it's a long way to go anywhere. So if you're going to go, go properly. At least you can <laughs> go big. At least it's long enough to make a weekend out of it. And Exeter's a lovely town. But Northampton, I, 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 I'm minded to say Northampton. So. What, so you can stay in, stay opposite Express Lift Tower? Yeah, it's true. It's not a great place to <laughs> no, go. I think Exeter. You can buy, make, some, buy some nice shoes in Northampton. Yeah, you can fly down there because it's far enough to fly. So actually, it's the beta paradox. Are you in a better situation because it's further away? Everything else you've got to drive. So you can fly there. Mm-hmm. And then once you're there, you're in beautiful Devon. You can stay there for a night or two. You do it once a year. What, what a, this is great. Got the second worst fly half in the league to, to, to root for. You've got a hell of a lot of young talent coming through. Some of which is Welsh, maybe disappearing if the WRU get their mitts on them. Can but you, fly, you cannot fly from Leeds Bradford to Exeter uh, anymore. No, uh, you, have you, to can't, be. you can't fly from Manchester to Exeter yeah. anymore. Can you not? No. Because oh. of uh, since Fly B went under. Uh, didn't we do it? We did We did Newquay. You did Newquay, Logan Air. Logan Air to Newquay. Yeah, because Logan Air took um, the Edinburgh routes as well after yeah. Flybe. Yeah, so you can't fly to Exeter anymore. So. Well, that was a wonderful segment, boys. Devastating. <laughs> we didn't get any. We didn't really get any closer. Well, we gave we gave three three three, three, three options. options. What would you if you had to pick one, JB? What would you go for? Sell sharks. I would have said. Yeah, I would have said sell sharks. <laughs> given the parameters, they can't have sell sharks. Um, fly offs too good. So I would have started with uh, Gloucester, but I've talked myself into Exeter now. Hmm. I think I'd go Saints. I think I'd go Gloucester. Let us know. Mm. There you go. Oh, that's good. Uh, games next week. How, how are Ulster getting on? Currently, 
21, Leinster 22, Ulster. Uh, Full time. Ulster 1. FT. Oh, guess Let's just in. refresh. Yes. Yeah, the boys. Have that. Rest your team at your peril, Neenaba. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> um, so, real rugby ne- next week. Yes. Oh, and Harry, Harry Byrne overcooks his kick, kick to touch for full time. Oh, dear. Anyway. Um, there we go. Oh, what a wonderful bit of red meat to start the weekend with. An absolute beatdown of epic proportion and never-ending fist fest pounding into the faces of the Bears Sail as Bristol? they visit yeah. Sale. Uh, and um, slightly further north, Harley Quinn's travelling to Newcastle Falcons. Might, might be similar. Yeah, Harlequin's effectively going for, what, an opposed run-through? <laughs> Something like that. That'll be um, an absolute waste of time. The first game, though, is going to be glorious. Absolutely glorious. Uh, sale to win by not a huge margin. It's not going to be a huge uh, points toll, but it will be a huge physical toll. <laughs> I suspect 15-point win, but the Bristol Bears will feel like it's a, a lot more. Mm. Sale don't score many points so a 15 point win would almost get them back in the black on their on their points difference yep yep yes go on sale so I'm going uh, Harlequins will win away Sale will win at home on to Saturday although can I just make one observation about this game one of the more en- entertainment entertaining aspects will be will it be Robert Dupreer or Rob Dupreer that shows up <laughs> against uh, Vak- wearing Vakatawa. 12 Vakatawa. yeah hopefully he's wearing 13 I want to I want to see I, I want to see Rob Dupreer in third he's 13. either going to Close him down completely, or it's going to be one of the greatest displays of running rugby you've ever seen. Has he seen. ever played for South Africa? Maybe he's England's answer yes, at 12. Yes, two, two oh. caps at 10. Oh, well. Mm. I've, only just, I've only just noticed. I, I mean, I've seen at the... Ex- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the Exeter logo a number of times. Um, preferred the old one, but the new one's fine. Uh, but it's got a star on it. As, As it in should be. For the champion, oh, for yeah. The, yeah, but none of the other Champions Cup winners have got a star incorporated into their I badge. I think that... Saracens certainly do on their kit. They put it on their kit. Uh, Exeter uh, is incorporated in the logo within the logo. Because they redid the logo yeah, after. Yeah, why not? Hang on, does that mean if they win a second one, it will be on the shirt? Unless they redesign the logo. They'll have yeah. to redesign the logo again. Go They're not planning that. on winning there'll be, one. There'll be people with pitchforks, you've won it twice, <laughs> and you've only got one star. <laughs> Single uh, star appropriation. <laughs> Losers. Uh, so, Exeter against Saints... I'm going to go for Exeter at home. Although that that's be, a that's, that is that's a big a game. One. Could that, could could top of the table Northampton end Exeter's home run? Well, not only that, I seem to think Northampton have had the run of rub of the green against Exeter at Sunday Park for a few years. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm sure this is the case. Actually, it's a shame. Actually, the two Saturday fixtures are dynamite. They are both at the same time. Uh, every pre- pre- except for Newcastle fixtures. All of the fixtures are really good, man. Uh, yeah, because mm. Leicester v Saracens is the televised game, but I'd, I'd quite like to watch Exeter Saints. Yeah. Mm. So, Oof. I think Saints. Uh, that, I am good. That s- home run of over a year now mm. is something, isn't it? I feel Exeter have got. I don't know. That's a tough one to call. I think Leicester will batter Saracens, though. Uh, I'm going to go Exeter and Leicester to win. Yeah. Home Tigers run. at home. I think Although Saracens, they, they often pull off. Big special results against big teams. Do you know what they do? But I just don't know if this is like one Jenga piece removed too many for them. Mm. And, you know, I feel like they are getting there. Does an Alex Clary led scrum deal well with Montoya and Co? 
Sadly, maybe not maybe Anything, not that's a, a good matchup and that's where it all starts and that's probably where it all finish and Leicester are going to absolutely batter them I'm looking forward to that one and then Sunday is fireworks personified Bath Gloucester mm. dynamite isn't it so who's, who should be on comms the JB rule of comms oh yeah because some Warburton's still on comms I mean I know he's a great player he should not be on premiership comms ever 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 he probably shouldn't even be on European comms because his club record is woeful well, There's no other word for it. It's woeful. Well, just he's never played in the Premiership. I actually, I actually thought it's worth, and this will be a he's contracted to a certain number of days per season, and that's the contract that he has with TNT Sport. It'll be the same with Brian O'Driscoll because you see Brian O'Driscoll mm-hmm. popping up on yeah, I don't want to see it. on Premiership Rugby, but yeah. it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make it, sense that they should be front and center on European weekends, and I cannot wait to hear Bod, it. Bod should, Bod should, but I, I, yeah, I actually, yeah, I mean, I'm like. <sighs> Sam Warburton is an international animal. Like, that's how his whole career was. Save him for the ITV and the BBC and throw him on there, because that's where he thrives. It sort of goes back to Stuart Hogg and stuff. Stuart Hogg never talks about his family, so who cares? Yeah. Like, Sam Warburton, like... Yeah, tell me, Sam. Never played in the Premiership. Yeah. So... It's a legitimate point, isn't it? It is a legitimate point. I think I agree. Tell tell me, Sam, how hard is it to win with Cardiff? (laughs) Really hard. I've never done it. Like, what does it take to win a European Cup? Uh, No idea. Yeah. so I just don't want to see him there. Uh, same for Bod during the Premiership, and same for anyone who's not played in the Premiership. So who would I have? I don't know actually. Off the top. You, can have, you, can have, <laughs> you can have Flats as a bathroom. bathroom of course you would. Yeah, Flats and. Uh, do you know who's quite entertaining? Who I worked with a few weeks ago. Uh, Matt Banahan's quite a good fun. Banners is a good oh, shout. He's done, ba- he's both, done both. Yeah, easy. That makes him hard. Mike Tyndall. That makes it hard to be partisan. Though, Tyndall. He'll be on both. Oh, he's a Bath man more than he's a Gloucester man. But um, who's like Gloucester through and through that you'd love to see chatting? Not Phil Vickery. Um, <laughs> and the reason I say not Phil Vickery is because he didn't have a great World Cup a few, a few World. World Cups ago. Oh, actually, maybe Phil Vickery, because he is partisan. Yeah, why not? Um, somebody, I don't know, um, Ryan Lamb. I would love, <laughs> Ryan Lamb is a genuinely funny bloke. He knows a lot about rugby. He's currently coaching. He's played yeah, all the Premiership. Won't he? And for La Rochelle. I'd get Freddie Burns back from Japan. Freddie, Burns, Freddie Burns is a good shout. Yeah, there's yeah. Those, those, those are good ones. Yeah. Mm, um, I was thinking about uh, the JB rule of commentating, which I'm I'm definitely not as proud. I like it for big games, but I'm nowhere near as as precious. I I like listening to Warburton and Bod because I think they're, uh, so cause I think they're, they're good. outstanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're and brilliant. They, I like them on the Premiership. They are they okay. Can, yeah, they can write about it. You know, they and can actually, podcast about it. They can do all sorts. But like this is. But in the in the no. Well, sorry, sorry. I, oh, I mean, yeah, off, you make your point. What, one thing I will say again, having having worked with both of them, I, well, no, you don't need to have worked with them. This is just a point. It's self evident when you watch them. Yeah. They. Do the work. Yeah. Yes. They in in a way that some journalists and people whose job is supposedly watching the Premiership don't seem to keep up to speed. They watch and analyse and know their shit. Yeah, yeah. that is very true. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I was thinking about the JB rule during Saints Northampton Saints sale, uh, which I mentioned to you mm-hmm. when we went out for a beer. I was thinking, oh, you could have Big Luth. You could have. Um, What's his name? The fullback, scrum half turn fullback, um, Foden, Foden, Ben Foden, yeah. um, Ashton. Ashton, who was working the game. Yeah. Um, and then I thought about Brian Mujarty. And yes. what's happened to Muj? Well, well, we had this. Good this, this was exactly my cry. I asked JB. I thought he might be in the know. 
because uh, I, I it just I was thinking about this JB problem and I thought what's happened to him because I used to watch his YouTube videos. Yeah, I, I found them. He's brewing, he's brewing, brews. and he's barbecuing and he's gymming things that I like, um, and I just always found him entertaining. So he, he last recorded a video six years ago. Wow. So there's been nothing, and I've l- did a little search for kind of what has happened to Brian Mujata in the last couple of years. Well, the results were nothing. uh, Nothing conclusive was found, but other people have asked this kind of question on Reddit and there was no clear answer. So I I guess my question is, if you know, please email us, contact eggchasers at gmail.com and just let us know, hopefully with some some good positive news. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's not posting on any of his socials for Mm. quite a while by the look of it. Yeah, well, he, I think he was probably ahead of his time a little bit with the... Well, one of oh, yeah. true enigmas. Mm. He got um, arrested in Toulon, didn't he? Did he? Because you, you know you know what um, other thing other than the rugby team Toulon is famous for? Maybe. Mm. Yeah. What was he doing? Oh, was he flying a drone he over ships? Flying a drone. Yes. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. He actually, his drone wandered too close to... Um, uh, Navy base by a mirage or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, he was he was a really really interesting character, and I, I'd be I just keen to hear how he's doing, and hopefully he's doing well. And hopefully it's just it's a mundane. He's he's just maybe he's like um, taking a back step and just a family man and happy with well, his. Maybe he's like uh, Jay from Five, just said goodbye and we never saw him. <laughs> Could well be. The uh, just uh, a little. I don't know how true this is. A little message to a question someone's put online. Uh, ten was about ten months ago. Someone said he's back in Northampton since he finished in France. I see him training at the gym early mornings. Just mm. looks like a normal bloke now. I mean, he won't look like a normal bloke because he's well, he'll still be huge. There'll be questions to be asked if he does. I <laughs> <laughs> lots of questions. <laughs> I know a guy that will know. We should. Uh, I, mm. Well, if there was a oh, Matt, do you remember the video that uh, the sale put up when he joined? They had like a a sniffer dog and a security guard walking around a load of um, shipping containers. And then they opened one of them, and it was like Brian Majati burst out. I don't remember that. Uh, oh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here you go. Got it here. Oh. Here you go, watch it. See, restricted area. Security guard and the dog looking around. There you go, men in hard hats with high-vis jackets. Solid. This what's is that in- noise? There's something, what's going on over here? Intimidating. There's a forklift truck going over to a shipping container. It's all dark with flashlight only. Eerie siren. Shipping container being lowered down to the ground. Is this how we travel from club to club, is it? Close up on the dock. Oh my god, that's our shipping container. (laughs) (laughs) Right next to it. Oh, they're standing back. The ominous music. Oh, is that like a taser? Yeah, tasers at the ready. Probably wise, all things considered. Come on, come on. A figure rises. Oh, the the traps. Look at those traps. Come on. 
Oh, sail! Oh, wow! A sail sharks under no, sail sharks did Bloody that. Bloody hell! That's really good. That is cool. I'd... And that was so. He was Northampton. He was key to that Northampton scrum. I tell you where he came from before. And then it was Racing, yeah, because yeah. the Northampton scrum destroyed the Racing scrum on at least one occasion. And so they just bought um, love him. him and Tongawea. Yeah. yeah. We'll take him. Oh, yeah. So Tongawea ended up in Bedford, I want to say. Amptil, I Amptil. think. Yeah, yeah, you're all right. Amptil. That video was eight years ago. Wow. So a video of that, in fairness. That, that was, was it some money. It was it was a decent video. So that was uh, under the Dimes' watch. Cost more money than most of their squad eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got the Jonathan Mills video there when he was announced? <laughs> <laughs> that was dynamite. <laughs> the Lou Reed one. You must have the Lou Reed video. <laughs> it's um, it's a fortnight till Europe as well. So mm. it's, uh, fortnight until we go to watch Bayonne play in the Gardens. Mm. Now we've had an invite from a local team to do something on a Saturday. Go and. Either watch them or join them for the Bayonne game in Northampton. I don't know which, so I'll have to read the email again. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'll, I need to get back onto the, the fella from Northampton and sort that out. Because I think, actually, on that weekend, you two will have to go on your own, because I'm in... No, not a big Bayonne fan, though. I'm in Edinburgh. Oh, uh, you're working. In, in Edinburgh. Uh, yeah, who are they playing? I can't remember. They've got a game. Oh. Anyway. Uh, but well, yes. We we can get them back in the night. Should, should we do that? Yeah. Go back in the night, yeah. It's a couple of hours. It's easy. Yeah. You don't want to stay eight o'clock anyway. It's not. There's not eight o'clock. Not a lot going on there. No, because actually, by the time we finish, it's gonna be like go there and then stop at the Birmingham on, on the way back because that was a great. Night. <laughs> I could do. Yeah, I was gonna say. We'll you, work it out. You need to yeah. somewhere, somewhere else for a night out. I don't know. Maybe Northampton. I don't know. Ask big. Ask big course. Yeah, we'll ask him. Um, but any other? I'm just think no, no, no. It's only a few weeks as well until we have our egg chasers weekend in Paris. In Paris, cannot wait for that. And JB, I think you're on board for that now, aren't you? Emming and Oring. Emming and Oring. Racing 92 versus Toulouse oh, in the Thunderdome. I'll tell you what did happen to me this week. My daughter asked my asked my wife if she could Google herself. So nothing showed up for the two girls. Bits showed up for my wife. Oh, my word. The stuff that showed up for me... Uh, we had to stop reading to the girls. <laughs> I I have once I've once read I've once read a Reddit thread. Oh my word! Which is oh, unbelievable. God. I mean that. that I, I, I I said I do not tell me what is on that thread. Yeah, do, do not read that. If thread. You want, yeah, if you want to know one place on the internet that is just not real, it, it, it's Reddit. It is a strange, strange place. Incredible. So I, she started telling me these things. I was like, just don't tell me. Uh, they're not suitable to read to children which kind of means I'm doing a good job I think <laughs> that to me is the ultimate barometer you well, you got absolutely absolutely smashed on Reddit did, did I? yeah because your brother's an MP oh yes I was just thinking it. I just don't you go- don't read yeah, it yeah. don't read you, it you Google stuff about that it's particularly on on Twitter on X it's it nuts I'll show it you one nuts. thing that's been this has been attributed it's got your name under it that photograph ooh, has been attributed to you what is it? Um, it's a guy in Didsbury Tock H gear lying like one of um, those French girls in the Titanic <laughs> lying kind of like you're lying right now yeah. JP <laughs> draw me like one of your French girls oh that's my friend Luke the Luke the Duke well, so currently, he he played. Um, he's impersonating you on Twitter. No, he played inside centre for us, but he used to play on the wing for for Vale Loon. Cracking player, and I think he's playing up at Garstang now. 
And do you know who he's playing with? Uh, Doug Dale's brother, who is the coach. Mm. Oh, nice. Oh, there's one more picture. I can't let this go. Just on the photographs, there's one more where you'll be much more happy. You'll be much happier about this photograph being attributed to you because it's... Uh, is it The Rock? It's got your name and it's a picture of the Didsbury Tock H scrum. Absolutely obliterating what looks like maybe Vale of Loon, although there's a lot Old of... Old Winians. Old Winians, yeah. where, where the hooker is in the air. Yeah, uh, that is me next to my dear friend who I've not seen for too long, actually, Harry Jones, who is one of the single best natural rugby players I have ever mm. met in my life. He, is a, he showed up to our club and basically had an old T-shirt on, some nondescript shorts, and he's about, at the time, about 85 kilograms. No one looked at him twice. Turns out he is an unbelievable player. Really? Um, yeah. Hits like a hammer, runs like a train. Look at... Awesome. Look at that old Winnings front row. That is awesome. That, yeah, is, a that, hell, is, a that great, is a hell of a scrum. That's a great picture. Just Google Jonathan Beardmore if you want to see it. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't, do not don't read anything me. on Reddit. I'm it's, actually proud of my internet fo- footprint. I, <laughs> <laughs> right, let's quite, finish this pod. I'm going to go home and get some food. Oh, your address is on there in the uh, company's house. No, the, it's more, you're more, the more, look, the guys that say those things about Reddit are more than welcome to come around my house. I don't think they will, but they're more than welcome. <laughs> I was thinking about this, right? I've never ever had any issue with anyone in real in life, real life. Yep. who was listening to podcasts, except for one time. Do you remember this? And do you remember where we were? In uh, Marseille. In Marseille. Some guy came up to me and called me, I don't know what he said, he said I'm a dickhead or I can't remember what, what exactly what he said. And in return I threatened to throw him down the stairs and he went away. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just how it goes. <laughs> and on that bombshell... Uh, contact eggchasers at gmail.com more content at patreon.com slash eggchasers where you can find that as JB mentioned very entertaining pre-Christmas um, ever so slightly drink inspired and fueled extra pod which may well get released generally sometime very soon in the meantime uh, let the boys end let the boys end beautiful small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.